show me the news. And now, coming through your speakers and into your ears, it's the gaming podcast that you all know and love. It's show me the news. Welcome gaming fans, this is Show Me Your News, and this is episode 63 of the podcast. We are one week away from the Electronic Entertainment Expo 2010, and for this very special episode, we're going to be having a super extended mail time live with the Stickham people here at the, the live chat, where they'll be asking E3 questions, but that'll be later in the show. First, we've got to go through the latest gaming news real quick. And to do that, I have two very special guests. The first of whom is, it's been about 11 shows since he's been on, but he's been a, a pretty regular contributor to the Show Me Your News community. Please welcome back Cyberlink420. Very good to be back, Yoko. It's been quite a while. It didn't seem like that long, to be honest, but it's, it's good to get you back on the show, but, that's for sure. Technically, it's been even longer since you and I were actually on a show together, since the last one I did was the fan cast. Right, right. And you did... Oh my goodness. I'm trying to even remember when the last one might have been. Maybe I think it was the, I think it was the post-Yomicon show. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yes, right. It was 50 where we came back from Yomicon and we had a, had a grand old time. That was, those were some good times right there. Indeed. Anyway, joining Cyberlink420 and I, he is currently working on uh, Sonic F. He's done Sonic Shorts Collection. He is Mohitori no Yugi in Project YGO, which is the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! fan dub project. That Very good pronunciation, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> and he does many other voice acting projects. Please welcome Game Buddy. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Welcome to Show Me Your News. Um, you know, Cyberlink wanted to have you on the show. You can talk about uh, your different projects and all, and I was all the willing to have you on. Indeed, thank you very much. I am honored. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Sonic F, because that's what you two guys are, are primarily working on right now. Cyberlink, you're doing the writing, and uh, Game Buddy is doing a lot of the voices, and you're doing the editing. What voices are you two doing, actually? Oh, let's see. Um, <laughs> it's off the top of my head, I am. I play Sonic, uh, Dr. Eggman, um, Cream the Rabbit... Awesome. Um, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> a lot and of voice do, filtering with that one. Oh, and uh, Chris, Chris, and oh. I do a lot of extra voices, and I think I'm going to end up playing Tanaka when we finally get to him. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, maybe Shadow too. We haven't gotten that far yet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. We we have extra voices every every time, and if we can't get anybody to play them, they usually end up being me. <laughs> <laughs> A testament to your range, I'd say. Absolutely. Very yeah. talented, very talented. Cyberlink, and what about you? Me? The only major character I'm playing is uh, Chuck. That's about it, actually. I was going to do, do Deco at one point, but then we sort of uh, switched them around for script purposes. And I don't want to reveal who's going to be playing them yet, but rest assured, you will be very pleased. Yeah, we've got something funny. Uh, yeah, I would just like to say that um, Cyberlink does the greatest uh, Chuck as Doc Brown ever. 
<laughs> I Great can Scott, imagine. Chris! <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. But anyway, for those that do not know, Sonic F is a abridged parody on Sonic X. And so we figured it's relevant since, you know, Sonic, you know, obviously has his own anime. You know, let's ignore the four kids part of it. But obviously <laughs> you, can't ig- you can't ignore the four kids part of it. If we did, then half the humor would be lost. Yeah, this, where would our material come This is true. But obviously <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog is also a video game franchise, so it, it just fits it is? perfectly. Wait, where have I been for the last 20 years? I had a Super Nintendo. Oh, that's right. The, you think the past little bit is just irrelevant? It's the retros are the classics, and that's all it is? Um, but no, you can find their stuff at uh, Sonic F Series on YouTube. And there are uh, two episodes in. Can you guys give any details on uh, what further episodes may entail? Um, <laughs> I will give us a schedule update. Um, we're going to try and keep at least one episode a month unless yeah. we get really swamped. But we're going to try and be upfront, not like, hey, guys, hang on in there. They're coming. <laughs> you see, that's but, the uh, thing. We usually have episode scripts done two episodes before they ever actually happen, just so we don't have to have anything like distracting us from recording and the editing process so like we're working on launching episode three but i'm in the middle of writing episode five right now so oh, wow right and we we have a pretty big cast we tried to sit down and say you know what um having one person or two person do all the voices might work for somebody like little karibo but we we wanted to mix it up because sonic we went the so team four star personalities route. right yeah and you know we already knew like Chio is our knuckles. He's uh, was also in the Sonic shorts, and uh, most of our actors um, for the main cast came directly from working with them on Sonic shorts. And right. so uh, we we try and give ourselves like a couple of weeks of cushion for all our actors to get their lines in before we uh, we start putting episodes together. So that yeah, it's going to be great, basically. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't want to brag, but we are kind of awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you guys put a lot of hard work into it, and it shows. Out of curiosity, you know, both of you can answer this question. Um, probably have different answers. What's like the easiest and also the most difficult part about doing an abridged series like this? Oh, the easiest part. Oh, is there an easy part? <laughs> um, I'll just say that the hardest part, for me anyway, um, as far as editing and my vocal performances goes is how does this sound different from other parody series? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't, we didn't want to call it Sonic X abridged because, well, at the time Everybody's it was taken. But, you know, we kind of wanted to set ourselves apart from just the guys making fun of, you know, making fun of Sonic X and pop culture references. So we try and, we try and focus on having a little bit of story. And the hardest part for me is remaining unique like especially um especially with sonic and how to deliver his lines i'm not trying to sound like jason griffith to make fun of him or anything like that or with with any of the voices so the hardest part is probably um you know why is this funny um it's not funny just because it sounds like Yu-Gi-Oh abridged or uh dbc abridged or anything like that um i'd say the easiest part is probably screaming (laughs) as any (laughs) character (laughs) it's the only easy part (laughs) <laughs> and I get to do that a lot. So. Yeah, I was gonna say uniqueness is probably like the hardest part. Like I've actually gone back and rewritten whole segments of scripts just because I've seen that 
like somebody else has done a similar or identical joke in another uh, parody series or something, and we want we don't want to like risk getting uh, like accused of ripping somebody off or anything. We want this to very much be our own material, something that we came up with. We don't want to be sort of pigeonholed as just another Sonic X a bridge type thing. No, but, I, think uh, the, I think the best was, example of that is, you know, when you guys made the joke, I think it was in episode two, where, you know, it's like, no, no, we will not do the over 9,000 joke. And it's, <laughs> because everyone seems to do that. I, I don't know. Every single one seems to love that joke. And it's, it's funny the first couple times, but it is one of those ones that, like, if they're doing an abridged kind of show, like, they try to fit it in somewhere, especially when, you know, Sonic gets that little scouter piece, which is perfect for it. But no, I think <laughs> you guys are definitely going the correct route with, you know, kind of buck the trend a little bit with the the many countless abridged series that have followed since the original Yu-Gi-Oh! abridged. Yeah, and I really loved how they handled uh, that scene in DBZ abridged because I mean, it does <laughs> sort of call reference to that uh, joke, but at the same time, it's very much an original take on it. It's not derivative of any sort, so I gotta give him props for that. Yeah, I personally, after D- not only DBZ abridged did it, but after the uh, the English dub for DBZ Kai has come out, I officially consider the over nine thousand joke dead. <laughs> <laughs> I will never, um, I will never utter it again. It has passed. I that episode still hasn't aired on TV, so I still haven't seen it yet. But <laughs> I am looking forward to do it. Yeah, it's. Um, I have the um, the, the, the volume set. one, and I almost expected um, Takahata's Napa to come in and go, "Oh, Vegeta, you didn't do it right." <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, it's it's great. Excellent. Well, Sonic F aside, you know, Game Buddy, you have a very impressive resume on your personal website. Uh, one of what are some of the projects that you've been most fond of that you've been working on? Oh, most fond of. Um, God, there's so much. <laughs> Let me see if I really enjoyed working with um, Keiji Shahashi's um, uh, Pyrotes Wayward. It was a, a short little um, audio drama that, uh, but her writing was very good. In fact, I'm going to. <laughs> Go on my own web page so I can remember all the stuff I've done. <laughs> Let me see. And uh, just for the sake of clarification, Keiji Ishihashi is actually the voice of Tails in Sonic F. Yes, she is. It's the one and the same. Mm-hmm. Okay, now yeah, now my, my memory has been refreshed. I really enjoyed um, playing uh, K.K. Slider in one of the, the Animal Crossing uh, movie <laughs> dub, which uh, I think... My part might still be up on YouTube. I'm not sure, but it's it was literally just about four or five lines. But um, I've always loved Animal Crossing, and KK was one of the only uh, characters I thought I might fit. Um, KK Slider is is special to this podcast, so it's it's excellent. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> very much so. And of course, I I very much enjoy playing um, Yami Yugi on the. Uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh uh, fan dub. I I don't think a full episode with him has come out yet, but uh, I very much enjoy playing him. It's a blast. Yeah, you did a definitely a, a very you know fresh take, and it it worked splendidly. It's not like the whole you know Dan Green sort of voice, but it it definitely worked. I mean, I saw the the whole first one, and 
you know, th that duel, it just, you know, brought a new, uh, new take to it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, I really tried hard to um, keep it uh, keep it different from Dan Green. Mm hmm. And you also do the, like a lot of people know you for the, the Sonic shorts on Newgrounds. Oh, of course. That goes without saying. I love I love playing Sonic in the shorts. Mm hmm. Um. So let's see. Uh, let's you know move on to the what are you playing segment of the show. It's where we uh, talk about what we've been playing the past couple weeks and we give a short little mini review. I guess game buddy, we can start with you. Um. What are some of the games you've been recently digging into? Well, besides the big one being Super Mario Galaxy Two, which um, I've played um throughout through the entirety of the game with my six-year-old sister uh, doing co-op. Isn't it, it so is, much fun to do the co-star mode? It is, and like I, I started out thinking, oh, you know, she'll she'll have fun, she'll point at stars. She has saved my butt so many times in that game. <laughs> it is, it's amazing, and it's. Uh, everything brought together, I think I enjoy it even more than the first Mario Galaxy. Mm -hmm. oh, absolutely. I mean, the co-star mode, when you know they can collect coins you know, to save lives or you can even freeze the enemies and even defeat the enemies, I think some of those challenges are just like not possible unless you have like the second star, like you know, the, the co-star, because like some of the garbage clearing levels when you're just fire Mario, I don't think some of those can be possible in that amount of time unless you have a co-star destroying the boxes. Well, yeah, I've, uh, <laughs> um, oh, I've actually... Something's just pro? <laughs> yeah. I've actually been scared to um, attempt some of the harder stars without my little sister. She's out of town right now, and oh. so I haven't picked it up. I, I don't know if that's sad or like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I need a six-year-old to help me. <laughs> no, it's been it's been one of the uh, it's right now it's my game of the year, <laughs> even though it's it's still early on. But um, just everything, even um, the stuff that they've taken from the first Mario Galaxy, like a few a few levels um, throw back to the original, and uh, but and all the music um, from the originals they've redone with like full or uh, the full orchestra. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's it's just a, an entire amazing experience. And of course, there's Yoshi and Ouija, and it's just Mario Galaxy a hundred times better. And we're we're trying to be a little you know stringent on spoilers because the game still has to come out in uh, Europe for another week, and we do have some European listeners. But I don't think it's much of a spoiler to say that I think my least favorite part of that game was the return of Spring Mario. <laughs> uh. Thankfully, it was only once. It is. It's only one. It's it's one star. But and, uh, one is too many. <laughs> I um, I think I, I did I did die a couple times, but um, I, t I um, it is a spoiler, so I won't discuss it um at length. But there is one of the uh, the last stars, is a um a souped up version of one from Mario Galaxy and it is absolutely infuriating. Not that it's cheap, but it's just requires all so much skill that I I lost count of the the lives I lost. But yeah, it was it's oh, one of those that once you, you wait. once just you beat you it wait. once you beat it you you have this incredible sense of accomplishment. And that's that's good. That's what I look for in a game. It's like challenging, but it's it, the payoff is good. It, it's definitely one of those games where it's it's difficult, but in, in the right way. Not like this is freaking impossible, but 
along the yeah. lines of like this is challenging i know what i have to do can i meet those expectations yeah like um what comes to mind is um and i'm sure everybody uses this but the uh, the ninja gaiden games um the see those are hard to where um i look at them and say i will never be able to do this and i've tried you know <laughs> i did um I have to play at the uh, the baby level, the ninja dog level, but uh, I think Mario Mario Galaxy is the learning curve is so um, it's so well done that by the time you reach those incredibly difficult stars, you can either um, push on through them and get to it, or you can come back later. Because like the like all the 3D Mario's, it doesn't force you to collect everything to beat the game. You can still beat the game and then come back. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'd agree. I think, actually, you know, part of the difficulty curve of it is really helped out if you've played the first one. Because I think oh, yeah. a lot of the inherent challenge to, you know, the original Galaxy and the second Galaxy as well is, you know, how do you move about these, you know, spherical planet worlds or even just upside down or on on the side? I think new gamers would have a, a great challenge with that. And it's if you've played the first Galaxy, it almost feels like second nature, which is very bizarre considering it's a concept that's only what three years old <laughs> it it was it was almost like jumping into um um like you haven't seen an old friend in in a in a while but you just jump right back into it and uh your all your skills carry over but i i do notice that um and it's great that they've tweaked like the physics just right to where um some things, um, some things aren't as floaty as they used to be, but it's still it's you can just pick it up and uh, jump right in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And is there another game you've been playing? Actually, yes. Um, I for the first time, um, it's been years coming, but I just started playing the uh, Mother series of games, which is Ooh. Earthbound in um, in the U.S. But I started with. Um, a translated copy of Mother One on the NES, and I'm about halfway through, and already I can see why people, um, you know, there's such a great uh, following for the games. Hmm. It's oh, uh, so. oh yeah, it's, but somebody in the chat just mentioned that Earthbound Zero is hard. It is hard. Uh, I wimped out and got a uh, a um, a hack that doubles your experience and money because I'm. I, I'm not that good at it, <laughs> but uh, I'll take that opportunity. It was by um oh what is his username? I think it's uh, Tomato on um uh, Starman.net, the biggest mother fan site on the uh, that sounded funny, biggest mother and fan site on the internet. But um <laughs> yeah, they're the guys that um, every year they'll send the all the fan art to Nintendo to try and get them to release. The mother, the rest of the mother games over here, mm-hmm. but yeah, there it's it's fantastic. I'm gonna move straight to Earthbound after I'm done and um, play their uh, translated copy of Mother Three. So yeah, it's it, it's amazing. It's very old school RPG, but the the thing that really makes the game is the characters and the story. It's kind of off the wall. It's very surreal, <laughs> but not to where you um, not to where you think you know what was this guy smoking? It's <laughs> It, it it reminds me of um you know how like a little kid would see the world, which is probably why you play play little kids in the games like uh Nintin and Ness and Lucas. But I, yeah, it's they're really good. Go check them out. That's excellent. <laughs> That's one franchise I still have to get you know to, despite you know 
Smash Brothers and all that, you know, cramming Ness and now Lucas also down our throats. So, yeah, which is yeah. <laughs> which is where I I'd, I'd first heard of it was the first Smash Brothers. I didn't have any idea who the heck Ness was. <laughs> Likewise. Absolutely. I was going to say, I've actually, I played uh, Earthbound, but I never got to uh, Zero or Mother 3, and those are two games that I would really like to go back and try at some point, because I just keep hearing uh, how amazing they are, and I really liked Earthbound, so I'd like to give it another shot at some point. Excellent. Well, Cyberlink, let's move on to you. Um, what games have you been playing? Uh, I'm still playing uh, TVC and uh, Super Street Fighter 4, because... All my friends are hardcore fighting game enthusiasts, and I'm a glutton for punishment. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> uh, but uh, recently, I also have been playing uh, Galaxy 2. I actually just 100%ed it the other day. And let me tell you, if you think that... I know the level you were talking about, and if you think that is hard... <laughs> Oh my goodness. The very They make you work for that last star. I probably wasted... 80 lives trying to get it. Wow. I'm terrified now. It is possibly one of the most difficult challenges Nintendo has ever devised for a Mario game. <laughs> <laughs> what was the final uh, you know, time tally offhand? Uh, 27 hours and some odd minutes. That's pretty hefty. Yeah. yeah. They, they make you work for it. I will say that much. But, uh... I yeah, I've been playing that and I just got myself a copy of Picross DS and I have been horribly horribly sucked in. I <laughs> or not Picross DS, Picross 3D. Picross DS was the original that came out uh 3 years ago. I had that. I got horribly addicted to that for a long time and now I got this and it's happening all over again. Uh, <laughs> now for those yeah. that don't know what's the the fundamental idea behind Picross? Uh it's kind of like Minesweeper in a way. Like, it's basically a puzzle game where you've got this. Gr- in the case of ba- Basic Picross, you got this uh, grid of spaces, much like a Minesweeper grid. And then at the top and on the side, it's got you've got numbers, and those numbers tell you like how many uh, spaces need to be uh, filled in or taken out or whatever. And then you have to use those as clues to determine which species which uh, spaces to remove, which ones to leave in. And in the end, it'll end up making a picture. So your objective is to clear out all of the uh, spaces that need clearing while not removing any of the unnecessary spaces. And some sometimes they'll tell you when you've removed an incorrect space. Sometimes they won't. And uh, Picross 3D basically uh, just takes it to the next level, whereas normal Picross is just... Uh, horizontal and the vertical. Picross 3D adds an extra element of uh, depth, so the puzzles are bigger, much more intricate. And uh, it's just a really, really fun game. It's the kind of puzzle game that you can play basically forever, just based on all the puzzles already in there, plus all like the user-generated puzzles you can download from the uh, Wi-Fi, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it is very much a good game for casual gamers and hardcore gamers alike and very much replayable for basically as long as you need. So I highly recommend either the original or 3D to anybody who's interested. And here's my follow-up question. What if you are atrocious at Minesweeper, like (laughs) I am? 
<laughs> I would I would actually say that Picross is easier than Minesweeper. Like, there's less of an element of luck. Sometimes, like Minesweeper can be really ridiculous. Doesn't give you like sufficient clues, but every puzzle in Picross can be sufficiently uh, solved just using logic alone. Like they give you plenty of clues to help you figure it out. Okay. But there is an there is an element of trial and error though. So, but like you said, it's like Galaxy. It's frustrating in the fun way, not in the why am I still playing this game kind of way. <laughs> and it's only uh, it's only twenty bucks, I think. Picret, uh, uh, the three D one that just came out. Is it really? I mean, yeah. I know. I've seen it around for only twenty bucks, brand new. That's Might be like I know that the. Uh, so you have no excuse now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, Sounds DVD great. Smith in the chat puts it right. Minesweeper's luck. Picross's logic. Yes. That, that's that's more appealing then. Absolutely. Mine, Minesweeper is Kirk. Picross is Spock. Ah, <laughs> uh, well played. <laughs> well played. <laughs> For the games I have been playing lately, I have fallen into the trap of... It's not a trap. It's... It's a cult. It It is a cult. It is absolutely a cult (laughs) of the amazing game players who have gone through the Ace Attorney games. Yes. Objection! (laughs) No objections here. Now that we got out of the way... Uh, for those that don't, haven't heard of Ace Attorney, it's Phoenix Wright. And if you haven't heard of Phoenix Wright, what is wrong? I've been on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I have completed the first, you know, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, which is a remake of the 2001 Japanese Game Boy Advance game. And I also finished uh, Justice for All, which is the remake of the 2002 Japanese Game Boy Advance. And now on Trials of Tribulations, which is. Third one, and I am partway through the second case on that, af- just after the, the intro case. And I, I, what can I say? It, it, is, it is that good. Here's what I'm going to say about the game. It's, I wouldn't call it a hardcore game by any means. It's, it just does not fall into that line, but at the same time, it's probably the greatest casual game of all time. And... Here's why I'll say that. I would say that, you know, a lot of video games are challenging to control. If When people start playing them, if they haven't really played a game before, they just get easily overwhelmed. Unless you don't like logic and just overall cerebral video games, you have no excuse to not be able to play the Ace Attorney <laughs> games. It's, is how I see it, basically. And with that said, you know... It's probably it probably has you know the greatest characters or character you know development of any game. They you know off the wall names and you know puns in the names and you know hyperboles of characters, but they make it work so well. And just overall the writing, it's almost better than ninety percent of the crime shows on TV right now. <laughs> just you can just say all if you're talking about American crime shows. Yeah, <laughs> I would. <laughs> I would it's, rather duct tape my true. PS to my TV than watch an, <laughs> one of the of, course, any of the crime robins. Of course, now you got WiiWare, so you don't have to. Oh, exactly. This is true. <laughs> I mean, the writing, you know, for plot progression. Not only that is fantastic, but they just mix all these little pop culture references that, like, if you get them, it just makes the experience significantly better. For example, 
In the second game, you have a case where it's you know called you know it's something like Big Top Turnabout or something like that, and yeah. you have a, 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 a character that is a clown. Let's ignore the fact that he's called Lawrence Mo Curls, but he <laughs> makes reference. To, he makes reference uh, to you know in West Clownadelphia, born and raised. And, <laughs> And then he goes on. I mean, if you get this kind of humor, it just makes... In 1972, a crack team of clown commandos. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the writing of the story, as well as the character development, is probably the best I've ever seen. And it it makes a huge difference when you're playing these kind of games. Um, And now, if I had to say what my favorite character is, I kind of like the character Francisca. Not gonna lie, she was very... Just... Had all those little subtle nuances to her, and I'm not a fan of Maya. I'm just going to say that, you know, <laughs> she does have her quirks, but overall not a fan. More a fan of Mia than Maya. Um, I, I've also I, been jumping a little back into Super Paper Mario, a game that I've probably abandoned for about a year now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, finally getting back into it and just got Bowser, and it's Woo-hoo. it's it's enjoyable. I... I played only a little bit of the original Paper Mario. I never got my hands on Thousand Year Door, which a lot of people are just going to go, What? Yoko? You must must get on this, Yoko. Um, Go to eBay right now. (laughs) Exactly. But I I honestly like the uh, the real-time elements of the RPG a lot better than the original turn-based for Paper Mario. Because just like Pokemon and, (laughs) you know... Paper Mario, they, they, you can say that like, oh, it's turn-based, it's pretty much the same, and no, it's not. It's totally not. <laughs> well, Paper Mario always had, um, they're kind of the ones that started, besides the, the Tales series, um, that started the, uh, how you're still interacting with your battle. It is turn-based, but if you actually want to win, like you have to do the the action commands and press the button right before you hit them to get extra damage, so oh, I always right. thought that well, it's still turn-based, and like you said, it's nothing compared to the actual, the real-time, like in um, uh, Super Paper Mario. You're still interacting. Yeah, it's sort of an extension of what they started with uh, Super Mario RPG back in the SNES. That was yeah. sort of the uh, beginning of the whole time hits thing. And uh, they really just took it and expanded upon it, first in uh, the original Paper Mario, then even more so in Thousand Year Door. And I think that's what really helps set that series apart is just how active you are despite the whole turn-based thing. It really helps to sort of set the games apart from other RPGs in that vein. Yeah, not to mention, um, like Phoenix Wright, the writing for the Paper Mario games is fantastic. This, it's half oh, the yes. fun right there. This is true. So yeah, I guess I've been playing well-written games as of late. <laughs> <laughs> Never a bad thing. Never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So we have some headlines to get through. We are going to talk about uh, the latest MLG event for Super Smash Brothers Brawl. We got to touch on it time and again because we are originally a Super Smash Brothers Brawl podcast. Uh, the Generation Five for Pokemon, the Legendaries, have been released. There are some rumors going about about them, but some things have been confirmed. We'll go over that. A couple new Sonic games in the future. We'll talk about Colors and the rumored Free Riders game. And also, Valve has announced originally that they were going to have a Portal 2 event at E3. Well, they've canceled that, but something else might be taking its place. 
We'll tell you what rumors are saying that might be. Also, out recently, we'll just touch on Blur and Alpha Protocol, which have been out you know, in the past couple weeks. And then we will go into what everyone's been waiting for, the super extended Mail Time Live. We're going to be asking us live questions in the Stickham chat. It's going to be one Ooh. fun show, so let's start breezing through these headlines so we can get to the fun part. Um, this weekend, it's still going on right now, is the Major League Gaming event in Columbus, Ohio for Super Smash Bros. Brawl and others, but it's it's a big deal for the Brawl community because they just got picked up this year for the Major League Gaming circuit. Singles results are in. They're still going through doubles. Um, Mewtwo King took first place once again. He got first last time, and Ally, or Allie, excuse me, I should know that since I lived with the guy for a little bit, Allie took second as Snake once again, but things get mixed up a little bit from there. At third place, Nick Riddle comes on the scene from 11th place at the Orlando event using, everyone guess, you got, you got a character in mind of who you might have? You're <laughs> wrong, it's Zero Suit Samus. <gasps> Out of nowhere, I know. Uh, fourth place, jumping from 13, is Lee Martin with Meta Knight and Lucario. Fifth, Dojo, all the way from 82. Dojo's a solid player, though, using Meta Knight. Sixth, L-Storm, going from 143rd last time using Diddy Kong. Seventh, Tear Bear. Tear Bear? Tear Bear. Um, from 21st with Meta Knight. And eighth, dropping from number four, is Esam with Pikachu. Uh, rounding out 9 through 16, you have Tyrant. Shaky 3, San, 3, 7, 1, 1, 1. 12th is Michigan's own Judge, using Meta Knight. 13th, Seabrick. 14th, Choice. 15th, Adamisk, 92. And, and 16th is Rich Brown. You got some interesting characters. You got a Ness, who plays 10th as Shaky 3. And an Ike. Not, not the free-for-all character that everyone knows. Ike actually broke top 12, got 11th from uh, San37111. So those are most of the results they had. I want to say about 255 or so singles entrants, and they're still going through doubles right now. So Cyberlink, you know, just hearing those results, what sticks out most in your mind? First of all, how did Zero Suit Samus get third? Like, I play Sonic, and even I know that this is completely ridiculous. Like... (laughs) There, there appear to be no Sonics in the top... Um, what else is new? Right. <sighs> the top 33. Uh. <laughs> um, I, just, I just wanted to interject that I actually hadn't heard of this tournament since uh, this podcast, but the fact that y'all get free Doritos and Vic <laughs> Razors, where can I sign up? That's, that's the power <laughs> of sponsors right there. That is amazing, though. Just yeah, even even though I'm unfamiliar with this, just looking at these results, um, I, I can imagine how intense this entire thing was. And yeah, I'm I'm like Cyberlink. I'm totally a <laughs> I, I like punishment. yeah, glutton for punishment. I'm Sonic and <laughs> Fox and Brawl, and even I know that for zero, uh, zero suit Samus to make it all the way up there, that's that's amazing. It's going to sound like a ridiculous question, but do you voice your own Sonic while you play him? Oh, this is embarrassing to admit, but I actually spent the good part of uh, two days trying to figure out, um, when I still had homebrew on my Wii, how to replace the voice files. I tried tried that once. I did legitimately try that once. (laughs) So yes, um, I'm admitting right now I am a a whore for my own voice. 
That's pretty <laughs> awesome, though. Like, if I had the ability to do that, I'd totally just, like, have random sound effects out of nowhere for all the different Brawl characters. Oh, I, I would want to replace Snakes with um, still David Hayter, but um, all of the awkward things he said in Metal Gear. <laughs> DARPA chief. <laughs> yes, I do think love can bloom on the battlefield. <laughs> it's, a, it's a crab. A crab. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. I don't know, Game Buddy, and for all of those who are a little new to the idea of competitive Smash, the main you know thing that we always have to look at at these national tournaments is that ever since the game has come out, there's been the big debate of, is the character of Meta Knight just too broken for his own good? <laughs> and should he be banned at these tournaments? And with, you know, a Zero Suit Samus getting third, and, you know, Meta Knight is still a dominant force, but the reason he's taking first place is that Mewtwo King, this this guy, he's won a, a ton of national tournaments, and it's always between him and Allie for the top spots. It's more of that Mewtwo King just knows what to really do with Meta Knight to get those you know top placements and not just uh, really the character him, itself. I mean, it's been a debate for the longest time, and it's never really been getting to the point of, oh, we should ban Meta Knight in tournaments, but... That's always what we need to look at as, you know, competitive Smash enthusiasts at these these sort of uh, events and how they turn out. Um, let's see, moving on to the next story is the Pokemon Black and White Legendaries. I almost thought that this would be a little early for these uh, to come out. And let's see if I can pronounce these. For the Pokemon Black version, you have Reshiram who is kind of like a white dragon kind of thing. Let's, let's say th- these two are at least part dragon type. Uh, it's, it's currently unknown whether they're going to have a secondary type. Wait, wait a second. You mean it's not Eminem and 50 Cent? Word. It's not. <laughs> I, I was lied to. Your <laughs> uh, whole world is shattered. Yeah, I know. The white version has Zekrom, which is kind of like a black dragon sort of thing. Hmm. Only because if they put him on the black version, you wouldn't be able to see him against the uh, background. <laughs> <laughs> They'd blend right in. <laughs> Apparently these are the international names, so we don't have to worry about, you know, Japanese translations like Mijumaru or Sutasha and Pig- Pokaboo. <laughs> Pikaboo. I remember yeah. him. Oh, I remember Pikaboo. <laughs> Good times. Um, there is a rumor going around right now that the uh, the legendary for the white version, the black Pokemon Zekrom, um, is rumored to be part electric type because one of the hosts of Pokemon Sunday, who are like the big Japanese show where they have chimchar fluffed animals and all these big creepy people in costumes. Exactly. <laughs> so um, one of the hosts on that show posted on her blog. You know, regarding this news that, oh, it's it's great that Zekrom's an electric type, too, because I love electric types. And then she removed that very Oops. soon after. Whoops. So it, that's, that's why it's the possibility of they might have uh, dual types in addition to dragon. And an electric dragon would be kind of cool. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, uh, what are you guys' thoughts on how they look? What, do they change your opinions uh-huh. on what game you want to pick up? <laughs> well, this this coming from a guy who I 
honestly have not played it since um, the original games. Oh, no. Uh, but green, green and red, or what was red and blue where I was. I um I like the designs for these guys. Like I I still know enough to know what you guys are talking about as far as types and legendaries. Mm-hmm. But um like compared to compared to the other ones that they revealed like, "Oh, here's the legendaries. Look how awesome they are." But um I actually like these. I like how they've taken the um um the the legendary for the white one um oh, which one? Zekrom. Mm-hmm. He uh is kind of industrial. And um, looks like he's made out of stone. And like you said, could be an electric type compared to um, uh, Rashiram, which is very, very organic and very almost angelic-like. I, I, very, I like the designs a lot. Yeah. yeah. It does seem to be doing like a whole light versus darkness thing, which might sort of indicate the route that uh, the plot in the game might do. But here's my thing. In Platinum... You could catch the god of Pokemon. How do you top <laughs> that with these guys? Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've been meaning to, yeah, I've been meaning to um, actually pick up Platinum just to get back into the series. I would actually recommend going Heart Gold or Soul Silver first. I would too. Okay. Well, I, my mind has been changed completely now. Do it. Behold <laughs> the power of peer pressure. The power of peer pressure compels you. Um, now, like like Cyberlink was mentioning, I mean, it it could definitely be a uh, a hint towards you know what uh, the the story might be. When we had M3D a while back, he was you know speculating this is back when the names could have possibly been a uh, Pokemon Amethyst and Pokemon Opal. We're speculating <laughs> maybe this was you know a sign that it could be like you know tapping into like the spiritual kind of element of Pokemon. And looking at these two, I'd almost agree that maybe this is, is going to involve more in how like the Pokemon afterlife, if you know Reshiram is going to be more of like an angelic sort of figure and Zekrom is going to be more of a demonic kind of beast um, you know, if you're playing like the whole angel devil thing and what happens to Pokemon after they die kind of like, you know, the Pokemon Tower in Lavender Town. We know what happens mm. to them after they die they turn to Ghastly uh, <laughs> but do they turn into Venustoice? Oh, don't go there. That, <laughs> don't uh, go there. That that would actually be kind of interesting because um, the whole Pokemon series. I've also I've I've always liked how they kind of take the whole Shinto thing from Japan and you know made a Saturday morning cartoon out of it. Right. You know, with with Pokemon like Nine Tails and um, uh, even like Eevee. Um, that would be that would be very interesting, and they. <laughs> If you look at if you look at the older games, like Cyberlink said, there are some scary, messed up things hidden within Pokemon lore. So it's not <laughs> unfamiliar. <laughs> they could always try to invent something new. That's for sure. Um, now you guys are are huge Sonic fans, so it's only perfect. What that gave you have... that impression? <laughs> <laughs> not not nothing nothing at all. Um, <laughs> so we have these next two stories, which are almost perfectly picked for you two. The yeah. first one is the new uh, Wii and DS you know, games, which have the same title and they'll be differently handled. But Sonic Colors will be the next game. Um, I, if I remember hearing correctly from Cyberlink, is the Wii version handled by Sonic Team and the DS is by Sonic Team and Dimps? 
And Dimps is doing Sonic 4 right now? I believe that's correct. And Dimps, of course, is also responsible for parts of the Wii version of Unleashed. Uh, I believe they had some involvement with uh, Secret Rings. I know they did all the advanced games, all the Rush games, and even mm. uh, Sonic Pocket Adventure on Neo Geo. Mm. So they know their way around uh, 2D Sonic side-scrollers. Aha. Uh-huh. So Sonic Colors is going to involve these colored aliens called the Wisps who will grant Sonic different powers at different times. There's going to be a drill one. I wonder where we've seen a drill power before. Um, drill Dozer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed that game. <laughs> Also going to be uh, other different kinds of powers. Um, the let's see, it says yellow energy will let Sonic drill through the ground, for instance, while Cyan turns Sonic into a laser, shooting through obstacles as if they weren't even there. Uh, the Wii version of Sonic Colors features a combination of 2D and 3D gameplay, while the DS takes full advantage of the dual screen, you know, much like Rush. But let's let's talk about the intro, you know, kind of introduction trailer that they gave us. And I know these are never. They never tell you that much about games, but they at least try to make the games interesting and they kind of <laughs> pique your attention. This intro trailer did neither of these things for me, and I thought it was extremely... It was, it was a huge letdown, if you ask me. The, um, the first thing that I noticed, and maybe this is just me, was that Tails is following Sonic again, and he's not running behind him getting hit by bad nicks. He's actually keeping up with him. <laughs> <laughs> that was I was like, oh, little aliens. <gasps> it's tails. That was that was pretty much all I pulled from the trailer. But yeah, it's it's a teaser. <laughs> it's yeah. teased me. It makes me want to see more. Mm-hmm. But um do want to go on record um saying that Oh, Sonic's eyes are green, so it's going to make it uh incredibly <laughs> hard for me to play this game and not vomit on my TV. Oh my gosh. No just, way. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Oh, Cyberlink, your thoughts? <laughs> well, my first thought was I'm surprised that Sega actually got a chance to announce this before it got leaked from their FTP, like everything oh. else they ever do. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but, That's uh, a whole other conversation. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I was also underwhelmed by the teaser just because this came out before we got the press release or any kind of details. So I just sort of stared and I was like, what? I had no idea what this was supposed to be. Like, this didn't tell me anything about like the plot or about the power-ups, the gameplay, anything like that. So, I was just sort of thoroughly confused. But once they sort of elaborated on it with uh, the press release and with uh, Nintendo Power's article on it, I got really sort of interested in it. Like, I w- I'm a very much a proponent of Unleashed, at least the 360 version, and. Uh, if they do more with, and of course Rush, but if they do more with those, then I am 100% on board, no questions asked. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, in a long time ago, um, <laughs> probably when I first discovered the internet, I realized that a lot of people are uh, get get mad over Sonic games. And, no, uh, like so it's a, a cycle. I've I've pretty much I'm I'm pretty much the guy that I. Uh, 
some point in my life, like I can be critical of it, but at the same time, I'm still gonna play it and find something fun in it. Like yeah. I'll I'll talk to I'll talk to people who are you know very um, what's a good uh, passionate is a good word. But at the end of the day, um, it's it's really not that big of a deal to me. I still like Sonic. Um, now, the one thing that you'll um, I will um, whine and moan about, and this is just because I am a a voice actor myself is I don't like the voices on Sonic now. I was <laughs> I, I was never a huge fan of the original cast, but um, I don't like the one here now. But um, yeah, that's that's my only really big complaint. I'm not gonna go sign a petition over it though. <laughs> you probably don't need to, considering how Sega likes to uh, go through Sonic voice actors every few years. So come I don't know 2011, 2012, Griffith will be out of there, and somebody that else will be, be nice. doing it. Well, considering uh, four kids just got delisted from the stock exchange, uh, maybe we won't, we won't have to wait that long. <laughs> oh, I do just... As long as I keep Dan Green as Knuckles. <laughs> yeah, Dan, he is a good... He's a great guy. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give four kids props. They probably have my favorite interpretation of Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh, yeah. the um, Speaking of um, awesome voices... But um yeah um Dan Green and uh, Mike Pollock are really nice guys in uh in 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 person so they yeah. they get a pass from from me. Everyone else no you're you're horrible. <laughs> Go do something else better suited to your talents. Ouch. Like Machine Girl. Oh, you, oh all my. of the four kid cast was great in Machine Girl. <laughs> Much better than Sonic. I was going to say, I've recommended that movie to people since you turned me on to it. And I'm like, the reason to watch this is to watch the cast of Yu-Gi-Oh! murdering each other. (laughs) Jason Griffith, he gets his head cut off. Jason Griffith, Griffith, I'm not going to spoil who he plays in Slayers now, but he meets a... He meets a gruesome end, and it's <laughs> rather. Oh, uh, uh, I, I don't want to go into any more detail. Uh, so, yeah, to, to bring it back to Sonic Colors, um, the the teaser was just that. It was a teaser. I like the screens that I've seen um, from Nintendo Power, and um, yeah, if it's anything like um, Sonic Rush or the DS or uh, the daytime levels on Unleashed, um, sign me up. I might end up picking uh, both versions up. So yeah. Woohoo! Oh, yeah. yeah, I think the fact that we've been ingrained in the fandom so long helps us to be realistic, but it doesn't stop us from actually anticipating this stuff and not just, oh my god, Sonic's legs are two inches longer than they were in the last game. <laughs> oh, and that's a great way to put it, too. Like, you know, we've been, we've been Sonic fans so long, we just... Mm. It, it, it's just like, um, you know, not that we're, our expectations are low or that we put up with crappy games but i think we can still look at it and say oh it's sonic you know it's it's fun <laughs> yeah. Whether, we've been uh, in the fandom long enough that the word strange isn't it usually will just make us burst into laughter <laughs> instantly <laughs> now last little thing about sonic color cyberlink you mentioned the nintendo power article where they have a little write-up about it and also you know some high quality screens of the game and one of those it takes place at a theme park with Hamburgers? I, I mean, classic Sonic is reborn. <laughs> <laughs> My first question is why are there no chili dogs? 
Oh snap! <laughs> and you've only se- you've only seen screenshots. You haven't seen the level in motion. There could be a lot of chili dogs there in another could section. Be chili dogs. <laughs> now that Sega has reintegrated them into the official canon, <laughs> what if they have the boss battle on a giant chili dog? Oh, oh. game of the year. Actually, we did we did see a screenshot of a boss battle in the Nintendo Power article, and it is like on one of those circular platforms, like some of uh, Rush's boss battles were. Mm. So I figure we can probably expect something very similar. I think that'll also be part of the interesting too, thing too is how they you know change the game between the Wii and the DS versions because it's it's a totally different you know setup. That's true. Mm-hmm. That that'll be um. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see more. Although the first thing um, I thought of uh, when they mentioned the food level was a marriage between the music level from Sonic Advance 2 and the um, the sweet uh, the food galaxy, sweet galaxy from Mario from Galaxy. Us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that there's just nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, no. no complaints here. <laughs> Um, you know, we got Sonic Colors coming probably later this holiday year, and then Sonic 4 is also due near the end of the year. And if that weren't enough, Sonic, to whet your appetite, there's also <laughs> the rumor that, you know, Project Natal, which I'm sure in a week from now will have a new name altogether. Overpriced! Yes, yes, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's a rumor that we're going to have a game for, from the Sonic franchise called Sonic Free Riders, which will use the Natal platform on Xbox 360, and it is almost like a spiritual successor to uh, Sonic Riders and Sonic Riders Zero Gravity on the Wii. Is this too much Sonic? Mm, I, I think, to me, the spin-offs have always fallen under the Mario Party rule, um, is that it's not a main series game, so I mean... It, it's like all the Mario, the Mario sports games. You can have a million of them as long as you have a main, a main game every every year. Or so, as far as the concept itself, I I kind of like I like the the writers' games. They were kind of good for pick up and play. Um, and I'm interested in Natal or Natal or whatever they're going for. But um, uh, I don't. I'm just not sold on the whole concept. It's more of I have more. Um, uh, qualms with uh, Natal itself than I do having a, a Sonic Riders game on it. Right. Yeah. So, um, again, I mean, it's it's a, just a big rumor. Um, I'd probably check it out if when when or if I ever get in, um, Natal, but um, it's it's just a spinoff right now. Yeah. A rumor of a spinoff for an unnamed accessory. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, it's I have, funny you use the phrase "pick up and play" about Sonic Riders because that game was <laughs> mercilessly hard. Well, see, that's, I, re- I, I rebought that's... that game last month, and I tried playing it four years ago. I had 100 percent of that game, gotten all the gear, everything. I sucked. Like you wouldn't believe it. Just the game absolutely pummeled me. I couldn't control it anymore. I always came in last place. That game is ruthless. <laughs> I never um, ruthless. I, I never understood that because, like I said earlier, I'm not that good as far as video games um, go. But I, I never had any problems with the Sonic Riders games. I beat both of them a hundred percent, and then um, 
<laughs> Everybody else was like, these are so hard. Um, I, I think I it was that all that. of us had to uh, get out the gloves we had from Mario Party 1 to make sure that it didn't burn <laughs> uh, controller imprints into our palms. Ooh, do I have a story about those? It was uh, Dragon Ball Z Budokai 3, and I got a <laughs> blister the size of the PlayStation joystick on my thumb. Oh, yeah. And, the, and you know, the gross part is, is that I popped it and put a Band-Aid over it so I could keep playing. Oh. <laughs> I mean, the worst I have to worry about nowadays is, like, stylus imprints digging into my thumb, but... Oh. oh, I think you've caused like gross mental images for everyone in the chat now. <laughs> my my, uh, my job is finished then. <laughs> I was gonna say when you can make one person cry in terror, you know you're doing something right. <laughs> uh, let's see. The last headline we have to go over is, you know, a lot of we have a lot of Valve fans on the podcast, and so. You know, they said at E3 they were going to have the big Portal 2 unveiling party. And then, nope, Aperture Science has you know gone on the record and says that, uh, Aperture Science, please inform that we have partnered with Valve to announce the gala cancellation of the June 14th Portal 2 event at the Regal Theater. The event will be replaced by a surprise. Now, they, they ramble on in, in the letter, and of course it's on behalf of Aperture, Aperture Science and all that, but... There's rumors going around now that this is supposedly going to be replaced by Half-Life 2 Episode 3, which has been years, <gasps> years in the making. And it, it makes sense because, you know, I personally have not played the game to completion, but my brother's a huge <gasps> fan and he tells me that Aperture Science is indeed a part of the Halo... Not Halo, what am I doing? Oh, yes! Yes, <laughs> Blasphemy! Epic crossover. <laughs> yes, I, I just, I just like pictured HL, and it's like Halo. No, a part of the Half Life Two universe. Aperture Science is a part of that, uh, that canon there. So it makes sense for that kind of announcement to, to go in there. My, my prediction, honestly, uh, Episode Three and Portal Two are going to be the same game. Um, <laughs> not likely to occur, but it would be awesome. My prediction is that they're actually having the party and they're just messing with everybody. <laughs> That's probably more likely. If you this create a very... film like GLaDOS, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> it would very much be a Valve-type thing to do. Or, it, it also um, reminds me, did you see on, a, I think it was on Dig, that it you know got a significant amount of hits, uh, where someone emailed one of the guys uh, that are higher-ups at Valve, and he's like, if you if you got if this big surprise is Left 4 Dead 3, you're gonna need like an impenetrable bubble to hide in. And he's like, so no ha- Left 4 Dead 2 episode one then. <laughs> oh, I think I think um, I saw a story not too long ago. I think it was on Dig that if I remember correctly, um, somebody emailed. Um, oh. I can't. Was it was it Gabe Newell, the the yeah, yeah. head, that, was, that they was, said um, five dollars says um, that you won't read this. Uh, make me wrong, Gabe, and he replied right back with like a funny quip, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> was and it that, give me five dollars? Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> give me five dollars. But he used a um, and I'm not going to be able to remember the movie, but he used a picture of the paper boy for that movie where the kid goes two dollars cash. And it was hilarious. 
Nice. I know the movie you're talking about. I can't place it. Well, the only reason I know is because it was in somebody used the sound clip in AMV Hell. So uh, I'm again, I'm showing my nerdy side. <laughs> not a problem at all. <laughs> no, not an issue. <laughs> but it's not like Portal Two will not be at E3. Um, you know, you're still going to get people who are going to be giving impressions and all that. You know, so it's not like Portal Two is going to be gone from the show completely. So don't worry. Fans of Portal 2, it's not like oh, no. it's going to be completely absent from E3. I mean, maybe they'll be about... announcing that. Uh, maybe they'll be announcing that Team Fortress 3 has portal guns. Oh my god, oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> 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 you never know. You never know with Valve. Um, so let's get these couple of games that are out recently. Just impressions. If you guys, you know, saw reviews or any little thing about it. First game is Blur, and people might know Blur. Blur has been advertised for a long time now, but God. recently had advertisements on TV that had little little fluffy characters in carts <laughs> in a little fluffy world, and they're like, ready, go! And the, the main character who, in this commercial, he had like a broccoli for a head. It's Toad, okay? It's toad. supposed to be it's toad. completely Toad. Toad with a broccoli for a head. You know, go, says things like, oh man, this isn't cool. Um, and then, you know, some big fat pink thing says, you know... Racing isn't about winning. It's about making friends. Which, first of all, I'm going to disagree wholeheartedly then, because I'm <laughs> making, they're making jabs at Mario Kart Wii. I have gotten so angry at friends over Mario Kart over the years. I don't know what they're talking about. You can't Blood curdling angry screams. You can't make <laughs> friends in Mario Kart Wii, especially when Nintendo doesn't want you to make friends. You have to be friends with people beforehand to get their friend codes. Exactly. So you can't make friends in Mario Kart Wii. It's just I made I made more I made more friends playing Sonic and Sega All Stars because there was no blue shells. <laughs> um yeah as for that commercial um i don't want to sound too um what negative or bashing but it kind of is just like typical activision um marketing mm-hmm. like they <laughs> it's one thing it's one reason i don't really like the company that much is they they think they're the too cool for school hardcore you know frat boy yeah um Game, uh, hey, you game know how we ju- you know how we talked about Sonic releasing too many games in a year. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> nothing can dwarf that. But uh, as for the the um, the game itself, I I played the multiplayer beta, and it felt like Mario Kart meets Burnout, yep. except it just didn't work out that well. And I'm not I'm not saying I didn't have fun with it. I got to play with a, a few friends, but just the overall aesthetic. And um, the cars themselves and the power-ups, it just felt like it was trying to do a, um, uh, you know, a mature-looking Mario Kart, and it just didn't work out too well. And, I, yeah, I'll, I'll pass on it. No, thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. I downloaded the demo this morning and tried a, a multiplayer online race, and I was, I was, like, the only player there who was, like, level one or whatever, so... <laughs> I totally got last place, and it, it gave even gave me like the thirty second countdown of like the last players finished the race. Where are you, slow ass? Yeah, uh, see that that's one thing I didn't like is why punish new players by making them you know come in last for 
30, 50 races to where they get up high, a level high enough to where they can actually, you know, buy some of the the um, the equipment that's going to let you win races. Or even in it, the, yeah, absolutely, go for it. Yeah, it's it just seemed like it was one of those things to where if you're unbalanced, if the guy coming in first is level twenty and you're still level five or so, and it's because he's using, you know, the secret NOS he unlocked at level twelve, that just that that bugs me. There's no way for um, people who are just picking up the game to succeed right away, even if they are naturally good at it. I was very turned off by the idea that, you know, the only option was to do a multiplayer match online. That's where, you know, Sonic and uh, Sega All-Stars Racing had it absolutely right in the demo. Yeah, you only have, like, a couple playable characters and all that, but go against the computer, learn the basics of the game, don't get thrown into the fray immediately, it just it turns you off to the game, and it does seem really dark and all that, but you can tell that, like, the mechanics are there. You, I mean, if you watch reviews, it looks like they have a, a solid uh, one-player mode where you can gain fans for different tricks and moves and all that, and also, you know, little lights for uh, placement completion and all that. It seems like it's a pretty well-done game, but that commercial gets in the back of your head and you're like, <laughs> I would much rather be playing Mario Kart, actually. Yeah, like, who are they Who are they appealing to? Like, are they trying to remind people that Mario Kart is the one of the best kart racers out there? Or are they, you know, trying to get the, the, the frat boys that would never play a kart game in their life? It just seemed like a contradiction. Not that I took it personally. I thought it was goofy fun. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. They just, like... Uh, poke to the lion in the cage there. <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. Frat boys play Mario Kart as it is regardless. Granted, there are drinking games attached to it, but frat <laughs> boys play Mario Kart. Get over it. <laughs> Just wait. E3, they're going to announce Blur 2, and then Nintendo's going to announce Mario Kart Wii 2 on the exact, to be released the exact same day. They're like, <laughs> oh, what now? What? Nice. I was going to say, I agree with what you're saying about the sort of discrepancy between the newcomers and the people who've been playing for a while. That's why I don't like playing uh, multiplayer games with random people because usually by the time I get into them, there's such an entrenched player base that you just can't get into it because everybody else is always so much higher and there's like virtually no hope of catching up. It just sort yeah. of discourages you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's how I am. Like, um... I ended up um, picking up, what was it, one of the older Halo games, but it was only because I have um, several friends that still play it. I just, I, right. by the time I, I get games like that, I'm usually not in it for the multiplayer. Um, just because, like you said, it's so ingrained, and um, unfortunately, and that maybe that's a problem with gaming as a whole, is some games like that, uh, it becomes so uh, elitist between the people who've been playing for several years or even, you know, six months or so to the uh, people that just just start. It's You, you get a lot of unnecessary um, negativity towards um, new players. That's absolutely true for any multiplayer game, absolutely. True. Uh, the other game that was out recently that is worth noting is Alpha Protocol. Uh, it's, <laughs> they dub it as a espionage RPG, which sounds amazing in concept. But you know, looking at the game, it's the you know the storytelling is a lot like Mass Effect, except you don't choose you know what to say. That you have to go about in different tones of voice, and you have like a time limit. 
in which to act, so it makes it like a lot more impulsive. But you know, from these reviews I've been seeing, apparently the control is just not that good. You know, Mass Effect Two gets it right, where they have a great story and you know the single player and telling all that is wonderful. And then also you have the great you know third person shooter elements, where it's just really fine and honed in like a shooter. But this, you know, when you see video clips of lined up headshots and it's like they miss completely because of the, you know, the random elements like an RPG, that's not a good sign. Yeah, um, I've, I've seen it. It's pretty much gotten mediocre reviews, but the one thing I'd like to uh, mention that I saw was uh, an article on Kotaku where, again, like Mass Effect, um, depending on the options you choose, you can um, <clears throat> experience some romance with some characters, but... Yes. Um, I'm just going to come out and say it. Um, you play a male character, and uh, he can get raped by a lady, a big, crazy German lady. And um, <laughs> Oh, dear. That, that's all I need to know about that game. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to pick it up before, but now that I know that, um, I, no, I don't think I will. No, no, crazy, um, no crazy man rape. No, thank you. <laughs> that is insightful knowledge right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, remember remember how we traumatized the rest of the chat earlier? Oh god. <laughs> I'm never gonna get invited back, am I? Cyberlink, <laughs> uh, did you see anything about the game? I've seen a little. Like actually my brothers actually rented it and I saw them play for about five minutes and I'm like, Wow, Mass Effect does everything better than this. <laughs> <laughs> And the, the fact is, that's the sad truth. Mass Effect 2 already came out this year, and that's set basically a new standard for this kind of RPG. So anything that comes out relatively soon after is going to be compared, and it's not going to live up to the expectations. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was going to say, Metal Gear do- seems to do the whole espionage stealthing better, and Mass Effect does the rest of the RPG stuff better. So what is there about Alpha Protocol that helps to stand out? And right. I'm just not seeing it. Yeah, I think it was the trailers, like on not trailers, uh, the the commercials on TV. They make it look really good. Just like, oh, there's a terrorist, and your job is to take him down. Alpha Protocol. (laughs) It's like, oh, that that looks kind of cool. And then you actually do some research. Just like, aw. You know what else looked good in trailers? Sonic and the Black Knight. (laughs) Oh no, I like that one. The sword was funny. Funny in a not good way. <laughs> the game no, was okay, I, except the gameplay. I liked uh, I liked the fact that Knuckles tried to kill himself. <laughs> like nothing against Knuckles, but it's like, whoa! Sorry, Shio. He just tried to kill himself. Awesome. Oh, oh that's gosh, a that's that a, game. That's another conversation altogether. Absolutely. <laughs> so I think that's all for the the headlines and for you know the games that have been out recently. It's now time to get to the most important part of this special episode. Yes, this is what you've all been waiting for. It's the super extended mail time live part of the show. That's not what I was waiting for. Well, what were you waiting for? I got a sandwich in the microwave. Then go get it. (laughs) Or you can wait. Either way. I'll wait. The last <sighs> time we did this was episode 35 of this show, and that was when Super Smash Brothers Brawl was just about to be released, and we heard... No, you did another one. I think it was, like, 
49.1 or whatever. What was it? I think so. I don't know. That that was the last time. I think 35 was the last time we gave it the the actual name. But I could be getting old and just forgetting part. Anyway, this is Super Extended Mail Time Live E3 edition because in one week from today, this is today is Sunday, June 6th. In one week, there will be the Project Natal experience where they're going to be giving a world premiere, probably changing the name of Project Natal, thankfully. Is that uh, the one hosted by Justin Bieber? Oh, what? God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hope that you're, like, reporting some, please, some please, fun internet no. rumor there. No, I'm not kidding. Oh, no, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. You're getting this E3 off to a bad start, if that is My, my <laughs> sister has already caught the fever. I can't get away from him. No. He's everywhere. Uh, um, so, yeah, that'll be on, on Sunday. They're going to be giving, like, the world premiere, and you're going to see how far the, how Natal is coming along. Um, Monday will be uh, Microsoft's press conference at, I believe, 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, they're also going to have um, EA, you're going to have Valve, and a lot uh, Ubisoft, you know, a lot of these, you know, big video gaming companies do their own little thing. Um, but then Tuesday is when Nintendo kicks off. Again, I want to say at 10 a.m. And then Sony's is at 11.30, maybe. It's, it's something like that. So the morning is devoted to Nintendo and Sony. And then the next couple days after that is more on-the-floor stuff. But this, this E3 is important to this podcast because... I have gotten the connection to one of my best friends to be able to go to this year's Electronic Entertainment Expo. So we figured, let's go all out, Super Extended Mail Time Live. Let's have the, I want to say it's about 17 people or so that are right now in the chat, and maybe six that are also listening. You're going to be asking questions. The key will be to ask the questions in hot pink, and we're going to try to stay up with them and try to ask or answer as many as possible. For example, and I'll be asking the questions here, the first question is from Water Tales. Yoko, will you hug Justin Bieber for us? And the answer is I will not, <laughs> because Justin Bieber is a terrible human being and he doesn't know what German means. But, um... Ouch. Also, the, the other thing is that I'll be flying into LA. I think the plan for me is going to be I'm going to watch Microsoft's press conference here from at home, as soon as that's over, I'm going to leave and go to the airport because my flight is at 5.25 p.m. on Monday night. And then I get into L.A., you know, time zone and all change only like two hours later. And so then, you know, sleep that night and then it's Nintendo the next morning. So I will not be there for any of Microsoft stuff. I'm going to hope to be connected to the Internet in some sort of fashion and uh, try to catch up on Monday's information that I'll probably have missed because of the flight. Over. But no, no hugging Justin Bieber. He has nice hair, though. Does that really make a difference? Really? <laughs> I've seen nicer hair. Um, so, oh, wow. next question for you guys. DVD Smith, my question. What celebrity could they bring out that could possibly top Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr at E3 2009? Cliffy they did that with uh, Beatles Rock Band, Microsoft did. <laughs> We're not talking absolutes here. <laughs> Um. Oh God. <laughs> um. I don't know. I, I can't think of anybody that wouldn't possibly ruin everything. Like I just saw. 
um, Jamie Kennedy, who hosted Activision's press conference last year, and was apparently like tripping balls at the time, <laughs> and it was it was very painful to watch. So, <laughs> the only um, the only celebrities I need to see are like Reggie Fizami and Cliffy B. There you go. <laughs> uh, Those are the only celebrities I need at E3. Oh, Cyberlink, what do you think? Um, I can't think of anything funny. <laughs> I'm trying to think of an answer that's not Chuck Norris. Uh, <laughs> you know, that that's a tough one. I mean, not only did you have the Beatles last year, but you had Spielberg, too. So mm, That's true. Ah. Uh, I I got nothing, man. <laughs> you can't you can't top the Beatles. I'm gonna want to say Sakurai, in the flesh. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he'll apologize for tripping. Yeah, there you go. Or oh. even better, if he trips while he's coming onto the stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I, fans would be. I'll just tell you who they need to get. They need to channel Gunpai Yoki from the grave. Yes. Oh. To confirm he will be designing um, Metroid Other M from the ground up. <laughs> Scrapping everything that Team Ninja Net and <laughs> It's Gunpei Yokoi's time now. Um, but, you know, they're going to ha- totally have, like, Sean White and the, the new Tony Hawk game. They're going to have him, too, probably. So that's going to be unfortunate. Uh, food Cheese with the next question. What Nintendo franchise, if any, do you think Nintendo will showcase with the 3DS? And I, I'm going to pair this up with another question, if you don't mind. Um, Reggie fils had a recent tweet, because Reggie mm. is Twitter. And not anymore. Why not anymore? I went to that account that you uh, retweeted, and apparently it doesn't exist. You are kidding. No way. I was I on just that went, same account. I just went there. It's totally like, there, though. That that's frustrating. It's Reg, It's Reggie Nintendo, right? Um, I'm I'm trying to to check here. Um, or is it Nintendo Reggie? It's one of the two. It it might be Nintendo Reggie. Um, hold on one second. Oh, I, here we go. Being silly. It says sorry. The profile you are trying to view has been suspended. Me. I wonder if it was fake. It's, it's it is possible. completely possible. Well, then maybe we won't bring. It basically, like the quote said that you know one of our most beloved franchises will be getting, you know, like a facelift. Will be uh, will be at E three this year, and it'll be like you've never seen it before. So I was gonna pair it up with that, but if if the Twitter account's fake and it's not a reputable source, um, do you think what do you think they'll showcase with the three DS? Um, I, I think you got to start with Mario. I mean, new Super Mario Brothers in 3D would be a possibility. Maybe not like the best one, but it's it's an option. Yeah, it's um, huh. I I would normally say yeah, I would say Mario and probably Zelda, but with the way that they've done their press conferences and even their console launches the past few years and their big games, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw something huge like um maybe a new Star Fox or that uh I was new gonna say Kid Star Icarus Fox games too. or um <laughs> um maybe Mother Four on the three D S. Oh man. Or or not. 
Another yeah, possibility so. might be the uh, you know revitalization, uh, revitalization. I can talk. I promise of a uh, you know a Donkey Kong side scroller. Oh wow, that would See, be. I'm, I'm getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the same without bongos. Uh, <laughs> maybe you can control it with bongos. Maybe. Yeah, you get a giant bongo peripheral bongo. that plugs into your DS. <laughs> Uh, let's see. DQP has the next question. What would be a good title for the new Zelda? Oh, a good title. Um, I mean, there was a there was a, a sheet, a little memo sheet that was you know totally fake, but you know it was kind of leaked and had a lot of lulls attached to it. But you know the title that that little memo gave it was uh, the Legend of Zelda: The Fall of Hyrule. Which see, that's incredibly that, generic. Yeah, haven't we already seen the fall of Hyrule? Like. Four times? Maybe. Like, yeah, I think Hyrule fell pretty hard when uh, we had the CDI games released. You can't fall much lower yeah. than that. Well, not to mention, I think Hyrule fell pretty hard when um, billions of gallons of ocean water fell on it, too. Fair point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, a good title? I wouldn't even think it would need one. It would be The Legend of Zelda, Zelda colon, holy crap, it didn't take another seven years for it to come out. <laughs> Legend of Zelda, wee! <laughs> exactly. The Legend of Zelda, wee! Woohoo! But why is Mario's voicing it? <laughs> because nobody can say that except Mario without sounding silly. Or except <laughs> Mario. <laughs> <laughs> It's a wee, That's a good question, but um, I've, I'm, got, I'm getting nothing right now. Uh, from Kyle Boynton, if the talk of uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 at E3, or if, if the talk about Marvel vs. Capcom 3 at E3, what Ace Attorney characters do you want on the Capcom side? Um, Phoenix Wright is obviously up there. Oh, if there's one more, what would it be? Um... Oh jeez! I would automatically say Edgeworth, but and that'd be clonish. It would. You got to go with somebody crazy. Maybe Francesca. I, just yeah, I'd go of Francesca because of the whip dynamic. Agreed. I'd, that's, I was, I'd say that too. I was going to say Capcom has confirmed that it's not going to be playable at E3, but they will be showing like screens and footage and whatnot. So we know that much. And I would, I would put good money down on them uh, officially revealing the characters they uh, reveal in Game Informer, which were uh, Captain America, Felicia, uh, Deadpool, Dante, and Deadpool. Yeah. And I, I just need one clip of Deadpool hitting somebody with his health bar. Just one. <laughs> just one. Because we've seen the screenshot of that already, right? No, we haven't seen any screens of those four characters. Oh, no right. artwork, no anything. Huh. Just, oh, that's uh, right. I just heard, just heard about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's got it's already amazing, and um, yeah, it's, it's especially with all the talk of how with um, Tetsunoko versus Capcom, they were like, oh yeah, we wanted to try and get um, Phoenix right in, but um, you know would have unbalanced the game or something silly. And I mean, I think they just straight up said we wouldn't know how to make a move set for him. Yeah, <laughs> so well, hopefully they figured it out by now. Nintendo that, figured out Captain Falcon. I mean, I think you can <laughs> figure out point. Phoenix right. You figured out Rob, for goodness sake. <laughs> Master of Fossils asks, do you think we will see Pikmin 3 this year, and what do you hope will be in it? I think Pikmin 3 is a definite for this year. Uh, Miyamoto said last year that they are making Pikmin 3, and I think to not to have it this year is a tra- uh, would be a travesty. Um, as to what would be in it, I think that's better suited to someone who's actually played the games. 
to actually say anything. Me, 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 me. Um, I loved the Pikmin games. Um, as far as what I would like to see in Pikmin 3, um, I would be interesting if they took out, just went ahead and took out the, um, the, the time limit, um, the fact that you're fixing your spaceship altogether, and focus maybe a Well, they took huge... that out of Pikmin 2. Yeah. Um, but as far as, as not having to collect, um, you know, for whatever, but maybe expand, expand the second part of Pikmin 2, um, which I guess it's been out long enough to where you can spoil things. But basically, it opens up, and you're just collecting treasures and stuff for the heck of it. If maybe they expanded on that and made it ten times bigger than any of the the first two games would be, that would be pretty cool. I figure um, they'll probably introduce another Pikmin species as well. Maybe they'll let you uh, keep those like special pick bulb or whatever things you find in the caves. Oh, yeah. But uh, I was going to say, I bet, if anything... Nintendo's really pushing for like the whole family uh, togetherness, whatever thing. So I figure they'll probably build on the uh, co-op that was in Pikmin Two. Like they might add a three or four-person co-op. Yeah, that needs to their part. And like, um, like I was saying about Mario Galaxy, um, I, I when the the little co-op is done great. Like, um, if maybe you have one player has more control over, you know, the life and death of your your characters, your Pikmin. Um, and um, the other players um, are kind of the the over your shoulder kind of playing. I, I mean that that absolutely works, especially if you have like um, like me. If you have a y- younger siblings who probably wouldn't be able to pick up a game like Pikmin right away, but could at least um, could at least feel like they're accomplishing something with uh, with co op like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Question from Zero Ranma: Do you think there will be anything new for Golden Sun DS? The entire cast. <laughs> um, I would hope so, since we haven't heard anything about it since last no, year. We haven't heard anything. You're right. Not not a word. Um, it'll probably be a 3DS game. I'm saying is why we haven't heard anything about it. That would make sense. That's a very distinct possibility. Maybe okay. they actually just like rework the whole thing from the ground up. Because like I remember. I think a couple E3s ago, Capcom revealed Spyborgs for the first time, and they sort of got, like, iffy reception on it, like, the way it looked and the way it was presented. And they just took that game, scrapped the entire thing, went back to the drawing board, and basically redid the entire thing from scratch. And they didn't show anything on it for, like, a year. So it's possible they might have taken that approach with Golden Sun, just redone the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Super asks... The lines of E3 are legendary in length for Yoko. How many demos do you think you'll realistically... Do you realistically think you will play? Um, I've heard from my friend since he went last year that... Well, granted, all he pretty much played was The Conduit over and over and over again last year and then was very disappointed from how it changed from E3. But he said that, you know, you have plenty of time. Like, maybe, like, you can play everything in about 10 hours. So I'm hoping for everything. And it makes a difference when, you know... Not everyone can go to E3, so... Plus, a lot of the media are just going to be, like, writing as it is. Tony TH asks, do you think... Do you have any hopes for game announcements from Rare? Oh! <laughs> that was a setup. Oh. <laughs> oh, it was completely a setup. 
Banjo Kazooie four, Banjo Kazooie four, Banjo Kazooie four. There, I said it three times. Now it's going to happen. That's your that's your big prediction. Uh, it is like everybody knows. I am a diehard banjo enthusiast. Like you wouldn't believe. And uh, I remember last time I mentioned banjo on the podcast, they ended up announcing banjo for All Stars Racing like a couple days later. <laughs> so banjo Kazooie uh, four at the Olympic Games. Uh, <laughs> oh no, I ruined it. No, no. See, if they were do- if they were doing that, they'd have to cross over with somebody else, like Banjo Kazooie and Killer Instinct of the Olympic Games. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually, that I kind of do expect Rare to like tease a Killer Instinct because you know they've been like going will they, won't they for who knows how long. Yeah, but uh, they- I really, I really am hoping for a Banjo Four, and that. And, it might be a bit of a spoiler, but at the end of uh, Nuts and Bolts, Kazooie gets all her old moves back, quote, just in case this game doesn't sell. So <laughs> uh. I, I think that if they do do another game, they will be, it will be more uh, platforming-centric like uh, Kazooie and Tooie were, but I doubt they'll ditch the uh, vehicle gameplay entirely. They might have, like, races or something. There have been rumors that Rare, it might not be Rare, but I think Microsoft would be fronting a remake of GoldenEye for the N64. Oh, that's, it's, that's it's, not a rumor. Activision confirmed they're remaking uh, N64 GoldenEye for Wii and DS. Like the actual game or just like their version of it? They're basically taking uh, the N64 game and remaking it in high def. Kind of like they did with Perfect Dark probably? No, I mean yeah. like a full game. Ooh, like, interesting. From the ground up. Ooh. I... I don't know what to think about that. <laughs> that 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 I, I did not know that. That's way out of left field for me, um, because I know. Um, um, wow, is that true? The chat just mentioned that it would be the same game, but with Daniel Craig instead of Pierce Brosnan. Ooh. I did not hear the Daniel Craig part. Okay, because I mean the entire Bond um, movie franchise is kind of on hold because the entire MGM is like trying not to. <laughs> dissolve Explode. Um, but um, that might be interesting because I mean basically for how long it's been over a decade now and with things like um, Xbox Live Arcade and the virtual console um, people have been saying you know what we, we just want to port we, we just want to be able to play the original um, you know whether it holds up or not because I mean it yeah. is it's a great game it's one of the only games that um I remember, um, besides Mario Kart, that I ever got my dad to play. Because w- when it came out, I think I was about uh, was about eleven or twelve, and you know it was a teen-rated game, so mm. I had to get my dad to rent it for me at Blockbuster. Oh, <laughs> and um, it was. It, I remember we we played um, Deathmatch, and he made it um, almost all the way through the uh, the story mode, and it was it was it was amazing. It was one of the first real um console shooters and here's yeah the thing. yeah here's the thing though i think that a full remake is the only way they would have been able to get that game out because if you're just doing a straight port there is so much red tape like rare did the code and they're owned by microsoft now it's nintendo's console yeah. activision's yeah. got the bond license there's just way too much it's in uh too many different uh hands so I think this is probably the best way to go if they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, some of the questions are kind of leaving the top of the chat. I'm like at the very top of the chat, and people are posting, and it's 
getting rid of old questions, so I'm just going to read the next one. Nick Knight asks, "What do you, oh, and it just left. <laughs> uh, it was basically uh, sitting in, Nick. He's like, what do you Consider think about the Wiimote with ping pong attachment, and which is basically you know, the, the Sony move, and the, the games that are coming out for it? What do you know about it? Um, I think Sony's a little behind the ball. We talked about it when you know the Sony move was announced on, on this podcast that I think they're doing the wrong thing by c- calling it Wii HD because a lot of the Wii's audience doesn't really care about HD and HD gaming, and I think they're just perfectly content with the Wii. So aside from, you know... The, the poor ports basically of you know the concepts of the ideas that they're going to try to go for with some of the motion controls I and mean, you've got SOCOM 4 which is going to be one of their, their big hitters it's going to be really the first way to see how the uh, Playstation Move does a first person shooter or even like a third person shooter however they're going to do it with the, the Move so that's going to be interesting um, um, basically yeah I basically agree with you I think Sony um Microsoft, I think, with Natal actually has a better idea of their whole campaign. But I, I think Sony's going about it all wrong because they, I think they're trying to appeal to these hardcore um, gamers that make themselves known that they, they hate the Wii for whatever reason. But at the same time, when you look at, um, when you look at actually the people that play video games, those um, very antagonistic and um, vocal people are not the majority. Um, <clears throat> and I think they're really shooting themselves in the foot by saying, you know, this isn't going to be like the Wii. It's going to be more um, accurate. We're going to have, um, uh, you know, we're going to have hardcore games. When when, when you kind of look at what they have lined up, you're like they have SOCOM and uh, the Resident Evil 5 port. But, I mean, they basically have Wii Sports HD coming out as well. So right. I think it's they're they're going to be pleasantly unsurprised when um, when and if all this stuff comes out and people don't pick it up because they either already have the Wii or they just are completely opposed to the idea of motion controls. Yeah, um, I, I think that's the biggest problem is because the hardcore gamers are probably so turned off of motion control just because of all the shovelware that Wii's been inundated with over the years. And the casuals who already have a Wii are probably happy with it and don't need to upgrade and pay $400. And that's the same reason why the people who don't have a Wii will opt for that is because it's half the price. And obviously, they if they're just like they don't play video games and they're just going to go for the cheapest option. They don't care about like HD visuals or anything like that. That's the thing too is the price. I mean, Sony you know mentioned when they announced it that you know one Move controller and like the sub controller or whatever it is and like you know their starting game is going to be ninety nine dollars for one controller. Now, Natal, on the other hand, we mentioned it's overpriced. Rumors are it might be $149. $149 the rumor, US yeah, dollars. But that's the rumor tough. is that it's $149, but they'll also be selling a bundle that's only $100 more than the uh, standard. Yeah, that's bundled with the uh, Xbox Arcade, I think. Yeah, so yeah. you get Natal, but you don't get a hard drive. Wow, that's... <laughs> but that, that's the thing. It's That covers all four players, while the move is just... 99 bucks for one controller, pretty much. That's at, a little insane. Yeah, at the same time, um, I think both um, Natal and Move need that killer game. Like, for me, it's not going to be SOCOM or um, Microsoft hasn't really announced anything. But if, like, Milo. Sony... It, Milo! If, yeah. 
Um, if Sony announced that like the Last Guardian was going to be move mm-hmm. controls uh. only, I, uh, I I would have to go out and get it. So yeah. I'm hoping they don't do that because <laughs> yeah, I have I have a PS3 um, for the Blu-ray and a couple of games and an Xbox and a Wii, but I. Yeah, I'm very selective on what I spend my limited income on. <laughs> and yes. if I don't have to buy the $100 bundle for Move, then I'd be okay. <laughs> Solid Snake 120 asks, What do you think Tetsuya, Nomu- Tetsuya Nomura will announce while at E3? Kingdom Hearts 3? Dissidia on consoles? Um, I think KH3 is a given because I'm pretty sure he confirmed that he's got like three more Kingdom Hearts games in the works and that KH3 is one of them. So I think that it's almost certain that they'll have that. Maybe they might use that as uh, something to close out a press conference on or something. It would be uh, here for it because, you know, with all these big news, like with the 3DS and, you know, Natal and Move, like... I think other you know companies are going to have to have you know their heavy hitter titles. I think it's going to be a big year for E3. So yeah, it would you know this year you know more than any other would be a good year for Kingdom Hearts 3 to be announced. Yeah, and Final Fantasy 13's out, so that mean that's one major Square project that's not an issue anymore. Plus, it's been around five years since the last numbered Kingdom Hearts came out. Everything else has been uh, spinoffs and remakes, but. Yeah, I just think it's about time. I'm pretty sure they're going to have it there. I Personally, I would like to see, while we're on the topic of Kingdom Hearts, I would like to see some more um, Blu-ray collections of PS2 titles, since it's maybe that'll be their big announcement, is that they'll be bringing PS2 games to the, PS, uh, the PSN. And but that's, um, a ru- that's a rumor that's going around yeah. a lot, and there's yeah. also a rumor about a... Uh, God of War collection style thing for uh, Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah the um, the Eco games, Metal Gear, Kingdom Hearts. They all deserve a you know some kind of re-release on it. Because here you have um, Xbox Live Arcade, the Xbox Originals, Virtual Console, and you know Sony with the PSN has PS1 games. Plus they're doing great. the uh, yeah they're doing the premium PlayStation Network. I think right. Yeah, that yeah that's a that's a whole other question. Um, but yeah, that's what I hope to see. I want to see some more info on um, Versus 13, too, because yeah. that looked amazing. And while we're on the subject of uh, PS3 RPGs, I have a special message for you, Namco Bandai. Tales of Vesperia, PS3, where is it? <laughs> we know it's happening. Troy Baker says it's happening. We know it's happening. Stop hiding it and saying you don't have plans. We know it's there. This is your chance. Do it. I trust Troy Baker with my life. (laughs) (sighs) Tony TH now asks, Insomniac recently stated in their podcast that they are making another game besides the next Resistance, but they couldn't state what it is yet. Any predictions? Sly Cooper. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think think Sly Cooper. I mean, that's more of, uh, what's her name, Sucker Puncher's thing, and they're working on Infamous Ah. 2 now, so. Yeah. I think it's going to be a new IP um, because we know now that uh, Insomniac is now uh, starting to produce games for 360 and PS3, so they're not exclusive anymore. I think it's going to be a new IP for both of those. It'd be interesting. They've always always been a very good studio. It's one of those where, you know, not blindly, but you could at least count on it to be very interesting. Very true. Yeah. Too, Too early to speculate, probably. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Super asks, do you think that any system or any of these systems will hint to the newest console generation? God, I hope not. <laughs> I think it's too early, honestly. And we still have a couple of years left in this before, you know, this uh, generation before we actually hear hints. And, and what can they do beyond this? I mean, I mean, the PS3 is going to probably do, you know, 3D gaming support. They're going to be push, pushing for that this year. You got Nintendo with the 3DS and all that, but you know, they're still selling like hotcakes on the Wii, and you know, Microsoft's just starting to jump into the Natal part of the 360. I think they still are trying to squeeze the last few years out of this generation before anything in the future. Yeah, you've had so many technical advances from that, you know, when you look at it, um, the original Xbox had media streaming and games, and besides that, you know, that was it. Now you look, you have vi- online marketplaces, you have video rentals, you have Netflix, and um, somebody mentioned in the chat again that you're going to have Hulu coming to um, to Xbox and the you know the same thing with um, the the PSN as far as so many things that have um, in- been integrated this generation and then you look at the Wii and motion controls and I think there's just too much that's been done that hasn't been completely and totally exhausted like last generation for them to even think of announcing um, you know new consoles. The only people I think might do it is uh, Nintendo because. If Sony and Microsoft announce new consoles right when they're really trying to push Move and Natal, then that basically sort of invalidates both of them. So uh, <laughs> I think I really think that uh, there's no chance that either of those two will do it for risk of uh, basically killing their console sales. And uh, I think that maybe Nintendo, although I think the 3DS is going to be their uh, big push this year, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think we're going to hear anything until next E3. Fair point. DQP asks, how powerful... Oh, the chat just jumped on me. (laughs) (laughs) This is probably why we shouldn't have done it this way, but whatever. How powerful graphics-wise do you think the 3DS will be? Asks DQP. Hmm. Well, I'm not expecting it to just be a DS with 3D. Um, It would be nice if maybe they took... um, And I'm maybe they took the route of um, what is it that Apple is rumored to be doing with the new iPhone is maybe same similar size screens but a higher resolution mm-hmm. um, that- I almost I want to I want to say maybe um, PSP quality but I, I don't know because I figure um, they have to at least catch up to PSP because they were behind from the start you'd think that yeah. they would uh then again, Nintendo's not going to do, not going to put um, f- uh, graphics over function. Like if right. it's if it's going to hamper how right. this 3D, however it's going to work, um, they they would tone it down. So it's, right, but at the same time, you know they're going to be try- just trying to keep with the standards. You know, yeah, and they're going to want that wow-like quality. Maybe GameCube. It's Maybe. It's po- it's possible. I mean, the DS is basically exceeds the N sixty four in a cu- in a many ways. Right, but yeah. it's it's I th- would say it's entirely possible. Okay, DVD Smith asks, do you guys expect any third party surprises like Nintendo's show, like uh, Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars at E three two thousand eight? Hmm. Uh, 
That's that's a pretty vague question because I'm gonna say 100% yes because they always they always do that. They always save one third party um, third party game that they really want to push. If almost to speaking about Nintendo, if almost um, just to say, yeah, other people can make um, games for our systems too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the, there'll probably be several surprises. Yeah. But, you know, the third party and, I mean, the DS, you know, handles third parties a lot better than the Wii does. But yeah. we shall absolutely see. Griffin Flash asks, do you think this whole in 3D thing has become a little overrated? Ooh, good, uh. good one. Actually, very good one with the advent of um, movies like Avatar and you, you see the same thing in movies now. I think... Um, and this is my opinion on motion controls and gaming in general. It's going, only going to be as good as the effort and the originality that you put into it. Um, Avatar, the movie, might not have had the greatest story in the world, but the, the, um, the fact that they made it with this 3D element in mind, um, the, you know, the visuals were amazing. And I think it's going to be the same thing with this, this 3D technology like... Uh, with the PS3 is going to support 3D televisions, the games where it's just tacked on, you're going to be able to spot it a mile away. Um, same thing with the 3DS. The games that are built straight for the system, that have effort in, effort put into it, I, I, I think they're going to be... Um, it's going to be amazing. It's going to show. But, um, yeah, at the same time, um, what what really makes it look like a fad and makes it look like crap is the, the bad stuff that gets... <clears throat> that gets put out there, like um, what was it, the Clash of the Titans 3D version of the movie. It was done post-production, it was done uh, badly, and people reacted badly to it. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I hope that like it, it, it would advance the, the future of gaming. I, I'm, I'm seeing like maybe the future of gaming is just like the complete and total immersion. And Minority I think- Report. <laughs> That's what <laughs> uh... I'm seeing. <laughs> you kind of can you kind of can with Natal where you're like waving your hands and scrolling through. Yeah. I mean, so as long as it, it you know contributes to that, I don't necessarily see it as a fad, but this that's going to be the key is how the key to this E3 I think is going to be how Nintendo pulls off 3D without glasses. Yeah. Cuz even yeah. still for like 3D, you know, PS3, you're going to need a 3D enabled TV and you're going to need glasses. There's no getting around that, but if you can do stereoscopic 3D, it's not going to be like the, the 3D that emphasizes depth like some of the, uh, the DSiWare games that are out right now. It's, they're, they're saying it's stereoscopic, so like it's going to come out at you. And how are they going to present that to a crowd? How are they going to present that through the TV to those, or even on the internet to those live streaming? I think that's the key. Wouldn't you agree, Cyberlink? I would agree. Like, I do think that, e- that uh, 3D is going to play a pretty big role, but at the same time, just right now, I don't see like a whole lot of like interesting uh, sort of uses that people have been describing. Like a lot of it has been very much sort of the "oh hey, something pops out at you" kind of thing that we all got tired of in the '90s. And uh, I'm just waiting for somebody to really take advantage of this technology and show that you can do something new with it, something that somebody would have, wouldn't have thought of or hasn't seen before, just to really sort of justify that 
this is the next step. This is something that we should all be sort of taking note of, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Absolutely. All right. Food Cheese has the next question. Yoko, what game demo are you most hoping to get to play at E3? I'm hoping that they have Zelda as a playable demo. But if not, they have to have Other M because that's due out in August. They have to have something playable. I want to see how the changes between the side-scrolling and the pointing to the first person. That's going to be pretty interesting, especially when I'm you know, playing Super Paper Mario and you have that same kind of thing just with a button push. Um, and I'm also looking forward to seeing what's different with Rock Band 3. Um, I play the Guitar Hero and Rock Band franchise like crazy, and I want to see what, uh, what it is they have that's new. And you know, you have to say you know to try Natal, and because I've been very skeptical since the beginning about Natal, and and of course the move. So whatever they have for those two things are also going to be looking for. But I think it's going to be Zelda for me. I want to see how it's going to be changed and what's going to be different if they have something that is available for it. Maybe uh, the demo of the Metroid uh, game will just be to try and remember who that one guy is. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Um, Tony TH asks Hulu is said to be coming to Xbox Live in the future Hulu has also been talking about maybe charging members for their service that's true, good point do you think this will make them finally break and say that we have to pay for the service um, that would kind of make sense if you're if it, well, it depends how they're going to present it on Xbox Live is it going to be gold only where you have to pay for the membership or is it going to be silver which you know, everyone gets, because that really makes a difference. Uh, yeah, because Hulu has been talking about that. It's been a huge thing with TV, because you know, I, I kind of studied film and TV and all that in school, and it's all about advertisement. You know, are, are the advertisers, you know, helping them make money, and if they're going to charge for that, because, you know, they only show, like, the what, the one commercial in between, and now sometimes they have multiple commercials in between on Hulu. It, it's really up in the air, and I think it depends with you know the in, uh, integration with Xbox how they charge it with a uh, gold and silver membership. Yeah, like you said, um, if they treat it more like Netflix, like it's a gold perk, um, they could keep the ads, but there's no way you could get me to pay pay extra for, for yeah. Because unlike Netflix, um, where the instant streaming is a perk, and I get my physical media in the mail, Hulu is just. You know, it's internet only. Um, but I honestly, I, um, I know Hulu is popular, but I just couldn't see myself paying for that convenience when I can put up with a commercial, one commercial every 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, I would hope the integration would be a little uh, like Netflix, very smooth, even possible, you know, uh, HD content, because I sure would use it more because I. I prefer watching shows I've missed or to catch up on on my TV than my little laptop. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I agree with I agree with what you say. We'll just have to see how they present it. If it's a silver thing, it might require an extra membership to Hulu, or if it's going to be a gold perk. I think it's. I doubt that they would make you pay extra beyond maybe gold because I mean you can basically just go onto Hulu on any computer, watch completely for free aside from the commercials. So if they made you pay extra even on top of gold or something like that, then that would basically just be shooting themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would wholeheartedly use Hulu mostly because Sonic X is on Hulu, and that's how I watch uh, <laughs> stuff when I'm writing episodes. Oh, and it's, uh, and it's the subtitled Japanese version, too. Ooh, well, not so just that's... the sub. They've got the dub, too. Oh, I think it's, even better. <laughs> I think it's up to 26 for the sub and up to 52 for the dub. So Interesting. Nice. 
I mean, there is the whole, you know, concept of the freemium, which, you know, would be <laughs> like you have, you know, a certain amount of stuff that's available for free users, but then they, you know, supply more, like if it's paid. So maybe you could see if, because Hulu is trying to expand somehow, maybe you could see like, you know, what they have right now is a free option, but then they add even more series that you have to pay for. That's also a possibility. Uh, let's see, next question from DQP. In the past few years, we've seen Mario Galaxy, New Super Mario Brothers Wii, Mario Galaxy 2, uh, New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Uh, do you, sorry, the, the, chat, the chat keeps moving. It's not fair. <laughs> do you think Nintendo should take a break from Mario? Uh, as long as they stay as good as New Super Mario Brothers and Galaxy, I don't see why they <laughs> have any, um, why they would need to. Um, I'm, it seems like they've kind of gotten off the the sports spinoffs and the Mario parties, um, but no, right now um, I, I don't think they uh, they need to as long as they stay consistently good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I uh, mean, uh, no. basically telling Nintendo to break take a break from Nar- Mario is like saying, "Hey, Nintendo, take a break from money." <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mario is a guaranteed seller, not and um, the fact that they've managed to make a a game like Mario Galaxy Two, which I liked. Um, it was on Kotaku. Um, the review said it was the most unnecessary Mario game ever. They had just had um, New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Um, they'd had Mario Galaxy, the big you know Wii console Mario. They didn't need to make another big Mario game, but they did it anyway, and it was it turned out fantastic. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's kind of breaking form. Like, uh, this is the first time since I think Super Mario Brothers three, or I guess if you count Yoshi's Island, since the Super NES, that they had two like mainstream Mario platformer games on a single console. So, do you yeah. think that that might uh, carry over to their other franchises that have just been like one per console type things, like uh, Smash Brothers or Mario Kart or something? Um, it's Smash possible. Brothers. Smash Brothers takes too long to develop. Yeah. Because we were just talking about how um, this console generation is going to be extended just because of all all the stuff that's happened. I wouldn't be surprised if we started to see more big-name franchises make an appearance. Because it's already happening with Metroid. Um, You had Metroid Prime 3, and now you're having... um, Which, it's very different, but still you have another mainstream Metroid title with Other M. Well, yeah, but at the same time, you had uh, the first two Primes on GameCube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is correct. I, I'm in agreement with uh, Game Buddy here. As long as they have you know great games like New Super Mario Brothers, Wii, and Galaxy Two, bring it on. Uh, Tony THS, do you think we will finally hear some news on a new Twisted Metal title for PS3 this year? Hmm. I thought there was that rumor floating around, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think it has to be at their conference. I think it's probably not up there. You know, they they have bigger things to announce at their conference, but they might, you know, announce it through the backwoods or. I don't know. I mean, uh, there's been rumors going around for a long time that David Jaffe's doing another Twisted Metal, but he said, I think on his blog that he's not going to be going to E3, or at least that's what I heard. So, would they be uh, announcing it without him, or would they like do something entirely separate, or I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Not sure. DQP, yes. Uh, Chad is moving. IGN recently wrote an article about how E3 should be more like the Cannes Film Festival. Do you agree? 
I haven't, they... read, I haven't read that one yet, uh, that article yet, but I like E3 how it is right now. Yeah, didn't they try and scale it back and made it kind of um, not as flashy and nobody came to it? <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, psych, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, E3 is E3. They They don't need to change anything. As long as they can still afford to do it like they they've always done it i think they should keep on going mm-hmm. i mean the last time they tried to change e3 everybody hated it and uh that's part of the reason why it was sort of back to form last year over 07 and 08 where it was much more uh much more like a business conference than the christmas of video games that we've come <laughs> to yeah yeah absolutely hey Couldn't guys I, I hate to ruin the fun but i've got time for one more question well, this is a good question for you to leave on then. Oh, good. Um, Kirby Chu asks, do you think we will see anything about the Wii Vitality Sensor? Oh, yes, yes, very, very good. Um, I think that's a guarantee. I mean, yeah. they, they played it safe last year because you could almost tell they, you know, they were expecting, they, were, they knew the kind of reception they would get. It was... Um, they knew if they they tried to show anything more that it would um they would probably turn off a lot of people but oh yeah it's a given they're either going to say you know have this whole big thing about what they're going to do with it or they might just come out and say ha we were just kidding no way <laughs> we wouldn't we wouldn't bring that thing out i think it's the kind of thing that really lends itself well to like survival horror games where it actually measures like the tension you're feeling your heartbeat and how scared you are and it sort of adjusts the game according to that. Like, if it senses that you're not getting uh, caught off guard or something, it'll somehow, like, up the scare factor and do whatever it can to basically make you crap your pants at every turn. Wouldn't it be cool if they did, like, a Phoenix Wright um, sort of spin-off or kind of game where it, it takes, like, you know, yes. your pulse and, like, how, how you lie and how you bluff and all that? I don't know. I that would that be amazing. That would um, be awesome. Make it so you can use the We Speak camera yeah. to yell objection and combined with flinging the remote. And <laughs> have that would that make me buy a We Speak. Honestly, I just I, haven't seen a need yet. That would be the greatest game ever. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> For sure. Well, Game Buddy. It's it's been a real pleasure. You've brought a lot of great insight, and I really thank you for your time on Show Me Your News. It's it's been great. Oh, let me just uh, thanks for Cyberlink and you guys for inviting me. It's this is really the first time I've done like a live podcast, and I really I I do I feel honored to be a part of such a um, you know a a crazy well done um, show like uh, show me your news. So thank you thank you very much again for inviting me. It's great pleasure to put your talent on. It's it's been awesome. Everyone say bye to Game Buddy from the chat. And when you're listening live, say bye, Game Buddy. <laughs> bye. bye guys. Watch Sonic F. Yes. Sonic F series on YouTube. Go, go, go. Do it. <laughs> and anyway, um Cyberlink and I are gonna keep rolling with the questions. Uh Major Moses asks, Do you think we'll see anything for a Star Wars Battlefront three? See, Battlefront 3 has been going through so much crap over the years. Like, I think it was uh, Free Radical who had it, and then they ran into financial troubles, and I think LucasArts took it back. And uh, it's just, I don't, honestly don't know what is up with that game, and I don't know if it's going to come back. I think uh, right now LucasArts is really going to be pushing uh, 
Force Unleashed 2, and then they've yeah. also got Lego Star Wars 3. And Old Republic. And older, and yes, Old Republic is going to be the big one. So yeah. I don't know if they're going to have Battlefront 3 on top of that when they've already got all these other Star Wars games to promote. I know he's really, really looking forward to this game, and I don't think it's going to be this year. I mean, there have been, I think, enough problems with the development studio that you know they broke up about was like a year or so ago. Ish. Ish, yeah. And I think, yeah, you have just too, mu- too many things coming from LucasArts at the moment to worry about sign- uh, Star Wars Battlefront 3. So I say, unfortunately, not this year. But if it's there, I'll absolutely give my impressions and try to have it be one of my first few games I play. Um, let's try to make this one quick, because it's not really E3-related, and we can go on you know, tangents and tangents and tangents. Griffin Flash asks, what do you feel about Roger Ebert's statement that video games are not art? Well, Ebert, as brilliant as he is with his dumb. views and, and Sex and the City reviews, he's an old fart. And he's judging games as whether they're art or not by watching YouTube videos. I'm pretty sure he's not qualified to be making those claims. I mean, we could go you know, on and on and on about you know, how they are, which we both are of the opinion that they are. And we can go on and on about that. And I mean, even something like, I guess, to bring it back, Blur and Alpha Protocol are technically art. They don't have to be good art, but that doesn't mean that they're not art. Exactly. I mean, game developers put way too much time in it to just say, yeah, this is, this is not art. What, what does Ebert know aside from movies? Basically, I'd say anything that draws an emotional response from you technically qualifies as art and uh, obviously games have done so if not I wouldn't have been playing them for the last 20 years absolutely um, Tony TH asks gamers are known to drink a lot of soda while they play what's your beverage preference when you guys play games I love Mountain Dew um, if they bring back game fuel, uh, game the, fuel the world would be a better place because it would be cases and cases of Mountain Dew game fuel but it would be the original Halo 3 kind. And I think when they brought back the World of Warcraft stuff, like the red version, what was it? The the Horde like, version? I think it was Horde. That was pretty close. But it needs to be that flavor and not whatever the Alliance Blue was. Yeah, or, I'm not sure. Maybe they just like repackaged Code Red as uh, Game Fuel. I don't know. But, yeah, but uh, Code Red is okay, but Game Fuel is where it's at for sure. But uh, I don't. I've never been a big soft drink guy. All I really need is like a good glass of lemonade or something, and chug it down. Then completely forget to refill it because I'm too busy getting that last star. <laughs> nice. Uh, Master of Fossils asks, visual wise, what are some of your favorite boss designs? It's a tough one. Ooh, boss designs. Like I have my fair share of like favorite bosses that are just fun to play, but boss designs that. I had to think about that one. That's a really tough question because that's more of gaming as a whole. Although, like, I just did... Uh, I'm just going to recall one from recently. Um, Super Paper Mario. Um, I cannot recall the name of the guy off the top of my head. So Francis? Not not Francis. I'm in Francis's uh, world right now, but it's the first world with the dragon, and he, like, starts oh, reciting oh, all oh. The, the computer speak and all that. Yeah, it's... I think it's like something tail, like carrying yeah, like tail. Yeah, it's fractal. fractal. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Where you had to like go, yeah, right, fractal. Yeah, you had to go to the, like the side and you know go on his back and then throw the enemies. It was pretty pretty intelligent. I mean the the Mimi 
boss, not so much. That was just really straightforward. You know, jump on her, avoid the legs and all the rubies. Um, by the way, that the million rubies level, worst thing ever. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I really enjoyed Fractale's uh, design. Hmm. Do you have anything or should we just move on? Let, let's move on. If I think of something, I'll bring it up later. Okay. Uh, Super asks, what about Dead Space 2? Are you excited for that game? Uh, I never actually got a chance to play the original Dead Space. I still I still want to go back and try it at some point, but uh, I don't want to uh, invest myself in Dead Space 2 at all unless uh, until I uh, get a chance to play the original. So... As of not as of now, not so much, but probably eventually. Mm-hmm. Indeed, I, Panda played the game, but I have not, and all I've heard is it's creepy. Uh, that's what I hear too. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Oh, people are posting in hot pink that are not questions. Silly. DQPS. Do you think they should develop a new turn-based Paper Mario game? I think that I would not object to another uh, turn-based Paper Mario game, but like we said, obviously those aren't like true turn-based, shall we say, but I would not object to one that brings back the old formula just because I love those games. Mm-hmm. I mean, Super Paper Mario was great, but playing the original and then Thousand Year Door, you just it's too much. You get sucked in. You can't resist. Yeah. Uh, guys, get your last questions in because we're going to try to wrap this up pretty soon. I was going to say, maybe after we uh, do the last few questions, we should just do, like, uh, general E3 predictions or hopes or whatever. I would totally agree with that. So, yeah, let's get the last questions in now, and I'll give a uh, note in the chat when no more questions. Uh, Let's see. DVD Smith asks, oh, people moving. Um, Oh, my goodness, it jumped all the way to the bottom. DVD Smith asks, would you rather have a new F-Zero for the Wii now or rather wait? and have an F-Zero HD next generation. He says he votes now. I would agree. Um, especially when you can implement the Wii wheel. You already have the Wii wheel. Use it for more games than just Mario Kart, and you can definitely do that with F-Zero. The Wii wheel is plastic. You can use it for anything. True. But, I was going to uh, say, theoretically, you could play F-Zero with the Zapper if you're good enough. <laughs> just like you could do a diff- like Brawl with the Guitar Hero guitar. I tried to play Melee once with a DDR pad. Then I realized that the uh, arrows were mapped to the uh, control pad and not the joystick, so I just kept taunting over and over. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, tried, then I tried playing it with the bongos and realized there was no left or right, just the uh, face buttons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, DQP asks, are you expecting an English trailer for Pokemon Black and White? I think through, you know, all the different things that they're going to be, you know, announcing and then eventually putting up online, I think there will be an English trailer, perhaps, but I don't think anything during the Nintendo conference. I think it, I think that Pokemon Black and White will be there in some form, either as a trailer or like a little quick thing in the, um, what's it called, the press conference. Mm-hmm. there's no way that they would leave it out that's one of their biggest franchises if they didn't have something it would just be a total mistake on their part it's tricky because it's one of those games that really suffers from a localization you got the Japanese version coming in September 2010 and then spring 2011 for the English and otherwise yeah. so 
That's that's tricky. Tony TH, any Batman villains you would like to see confirmed in Arkham Asylum too? Um, you already have Talia Al Ghul, who's yeah. Talia's confirmed. Mister Freeze is confirmed. Joker, obviously. Uh, trying to think. Trying to think. They could bring back somebody from Arkham Asylum one. Uh, I know Harley's back. Uh, I'm trying to remember because there's a lot. There are a lot of like completely ridiculous, obscure Batman villains that nobody remembers that I would like to see in there just for the laugh factor like Calendar Man or Johnny Witz or Maxi Zeus or somebody like that. But uh, I think Clayface would be a good one just because of the whole shape-shifting thing. Like, that can make for some really interesting story plot twists, a really cool boss battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Food Cheese. What game announcement do you think has no possible chance of happening in E3, but you would love to see? Oh, I could just read off a laundry list for this question. <laughs> go, go for it. Okay, let's see. Uh, Nintendo and Sega announcing a new Mario and Sonic game, but it's actually a platformer, and Miyamoto is heading it up. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie 4 with traditional Banjo gameplay plus vehicle segments. A new Jet Set Radio from Sega with the original JSR being released as an Xbox Live arcade game to promote it, which is actually happening. Uh, Beautiful Joe 3 developed by Platinum Games. Uh, a new Darkstalkers by Yoshinori Ono using SF4 uh, gameplay and graphics with the uh, ca- English cast of the OVA anime coming back to play their roles and uh, an announcement of Sergeant Frog for DS getting localized with the actors and the writers from the anime coming over and helping out with that and then of course Vesperia for PS3 that is absurdly detailed absurdly I'm this gonna, is how much I want these games, even though I know it's not going to happen. This is I'm I'm gonna go back to the one uh, that I had way back when and I called it Pokemon Platinum and sure enough that name got stolen. The I MMO. really I really want the Pokemon adventure for the console with you know 3D graphics and all but the traditional gameplay. There's no excuse for it not to happen. And I think when Nintendo finally realizes that oh hey, people actually care about online gaming. I think that they will eventually succumb and do like the mass Pokemon MMO thing. Especially once they actually have uh, storage space for patches and upgrades and whatnot. Yeah, I would say next console when they revamp their online ideology. You know, uh, Griffin Flash asks, new generation of gaming versus retro gaming, what are your views on it? I'm not much of a retro gamer. Um, my story is a little weird, but to sum it up, my parents were the video games will make you do bad in school, and we had to convince them to buy a Game Boy Color in 1998 for Pokemon, and then our first console was a GameCube in 2003. So I'm not much for retro gaming. I'm trying to get back in retro gaming, you know, as part of doing this podcast and playing games that I've missed. So I don't have much of an opinion on it. Um, I, the new generation of gaming is interesting, but you have to have a soft spot in your heart for retro. You know... It's funny. My story is very similar to yours. Like, I play... All my gaming was done on PC until I got a Game Boy Color in Christmas of 98. And then my first console was an N64 a few years later before I went and bought a GameCube myself. But uh, I always used to, like... Whenever I went over to friend's house, we would always, like, play retro games and stuff like that. Like, I'd often go over to my neighbors, play Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, Legend of Zelda, all that good stuff. And, uh... I sort of got into retro gaming through that. Like, Even though I'm a diehard Sonic fan, I never owned a Genesis. I actually played all the Sonic games through the uh, PC collections mm-hmm. until oh, yeah. I got oh, yeah. uh, GameCube. Nice. And uh, I have a very 
very soft spot in my heart for retro gaming just because these are the games that I grew up on, even if it wasn't me personally owning them. But I just have so many fond memories of a lot of them, especially stuff like I've previously mentioned Banjo-Kazooie, Kirby Superstar. And that's part of the reason why they are my favorite games. Like, Not only are they brilliantly designed, controlled very well, lots of fun, but I have such fond memories associated with them that they just really resonate with me. So, I mean, I like current gaming, but it seems like there's not a whole lot of that sort of uniqueness that you used to find like back in the day. Like, Don't get me wrong, there were lots of people just trying to rip off other people's formulas and whatnot, but there was people were a lot more willing to take risks back in the day with new creative ideas than it seems like they are nowadays. Everything is just like basically a, my, a small expansion on something that's already been done. And I just miss that sort of feeling of discovery when this new crazy game you never heard of like shows up in a Funko land somewhere. <laughs> and uh, just that feeling of like innovation and newness not in the motion control sense, but just a gameplay experience that you didn't have to totally reinvent the wheel, but just something you'd never seen before, something really exciting that sort of captured your imagination. And there's still games like that, like uh, Professor Layton, Portal, stuff like that. But, you know, it's just not the same. I mean, I, lo- I still love gaming. I still play new games, but I will always have a spot in my heart for the retro stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last question before we do our little crazy predictions and stuff like that is from Kirby Chew. Kirby Wee, yay or nay? Will it happen at this conference? Oh, that's been in the works for so long, since back when it was the GameCube one. And I really was looking forward to that because it was basically Superstar 2. They still had the partner system, except with the addition of three partners instead of just one. And, uh, Oh, God, I really, really, really hope that they do end up, it does end up happening. I think it's about the right time, too. Like, they've mostly been doing Kirby games on the uh, handhelds, Squeak Squad, Superstar Ultra, Amazing Mirror, Nightmare in Dreamland, all those. But it's been too long since we had, like, a proper Kirby platformer for the consoles. Like, I think the last one was uh, Kirby 64, and then there was Air Ride, which wasn't nope. really a uh, platformer. Doesn't really count. So, yeah. I think I think it's about time. I think that there's a decent chance they will actually do it. I'm, I really hope so. I really do, but I just don't see it. I'm just going to be devil's advocate here and yeah. say that I mean, not, not I'm re- it can come true. I'm realistic. I know that there is just as much of a chance that it won't happen. Like I don't know if the fact that Sakurai isn't with Nintendo anymore might play into that, but I still am holding out hope. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, I'm sure you have your crazy predictions. Let's let's do let's, if we can. Let's try to think up one crazy balls to the wall prediction for one each for Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. And then, do we want to do like any third party uh, stuff sure, like sure. Konami or Capcom? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you know, people are going to be watching the main three conferences, so. Right, let's do do those first. Um, let's see. I don't think we'll have anything that can match up to the... If you ever want to see the bottom of an Avatar shoe, well, bam! Bam! It is. <laughs> I don't think we'll be seeing anything like that. But 
I think Natal Natal will imp- or whatever it's going to be called will impress more people than will leave them skeptical. I mean, I'm if you've seen like the Seattle Times recently covered a, a video of like D8, which is some sort of thing that they have out there, where they probably showed like the final prototype for Natal. And when you actually see like some of the mapping that it does, they do like a skeletal mapping and also right. an RGB mapping. It looks pretty accurate to some of the motions that you know, can be done. They have like all these joints and all that, and it looks really well done. The key is, can they do you know impressive titles? And I think we're going to be more impressed than you know skeptical because last year we were absolutely skeptical. It wasn't that sharp. We had you know glitchy bottom of feet. And all that. I think Natal will steal the show. I think is my big, uh, you know, prediction from from Microsoft. Uh, I think I think you're right. Um, I think that we'll be seeing a lot more from uh, Peter Molyneux's Milo game. Like yep. I know he said in conferences that it's not just playing with a little boy. God, that sounds really, really horrible. <laughs> uh, but he has said that there is going to be like sort of a story to it. I think that not only will we be seeing, uh, for the first time, uh, Kate, which is the female Milo that's going to be in the game, uh, but uh, so I think... Little that, girls. Yes, that too. But uh, I think that we'll finally get some more insight into uh, what he had in mind when he was talking about a story. Like, I know it's Peter Molyneux, so there's probably going to be some sort of crazy moral choice thing that, like, maybe Milo turns into a demon or something if you make bad choices. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure I'm sure there's going to be something with that. And I know Fable 3 is supposed to have some Natal stuff. Rare's working on Natal stuff. I think that you are very much correct in that there's a lot more in Natal that we haven't seen. And now that they've had an extra year to work on stuff, I think that people are really going to be wowed. Mm-hmm. Um, Nintendo's conference comes next, and I think that while we can talk about the new Zelda, we can talk about Pikmin 3, we can talk about, because 3D, uh, 3DS is going to be the key, but it's, without, you know, actually seeing anything, it's, it's going to be tough to predict. My balls-to-the-wall prediction is that we are going to see Kid Icarus Wii. Oh, I it's, was going to say that. It, really? It's it's a stretch, but you can see it happening, especially with you know Pit, and you saw those old you know you know artwork yeah, from, from Factor, Factor Five. Five. Um, I think it could be that time because you know remember last year, I was watching G Four, and you know Kevin Pereira was asking Reggie like you know what happened to Kid Icarus Wee, and he was you know trying to dodge some questions. I think Kid Icarus Wee is a possibility for Nintendo this year. It's very real possibility. Um, if I had to pull a franchise out of left field, I would say this is Star Fox's year. I yep. really do think it's Star Fox's year. And not I don't know if that's going to be a Wii game or a 3DS game, but I think they're going to do it, and I think it's going to be an approach taken with it that hasn't been done before. Like I figured it'll probably build off the rail shooter approach that was in uh, the original 64 but uh, but uh, I th- really think that they're going to do something new with it. I don't know what, but they're probably going to take some sort of new approach. Hopefully not uh, on-foot shooting, because as good as Assault's multiplayer was, the campaign in that game was not very good. Yeah. Also, you can't forget about uh, Wii Party 
And if you haven't heard about Wii Party, it's you know going to be this July in Japan where they do a lot of you know mini games sort of things. It looks like Mario Party with Mies. You you and can they see said they Nintendo said it's it. not, but they said it's not, but it does look like Mario Party with Mies. I know they'll push it, but I don't think it's going to be their big focus. Absolutely not. But you know, just don't forget they're going to probably mention that. Um, now Sony has everything riding on the move, and we already made clear what our opinions on that are. It's you know too little, too late. I think you know they're obviously also going to be pushing 3D TV, right? But I think the big game for you know the Sony platform that they need to push if they're smart about you know trying to cater their audience is Little Big Planet Two. Wholeheartedly agree. If you see all the things that that game can do, it is the gamer's game, and you know. You can talk about Move and 3D TV all you want and how they're pushing forward, but if you want a game that's going to get gamers excited, it is Little Big Planet 2, and I would expect to see a lot about that game, especially when they did, you know, remember the original, uh, you know, the facts when they made a Little Big Planet level yeah, up? Yeah, that, that was, that was again. really good. Movie. Please. Yeah. I was going to say, that's what Move really needs, is Move needs its own Little Big Planet. Not that game specifically, but something... In that sort of play, create, share vein, like Little Big Planet and Mod Nation Racers, something that really demonstrates what this new peripheral can do and how it's different from the Wii, how you'll be able to use it beyond just the standard Wii ports and Waggle games. Something that really makes it stand out and justifies it in consumers' minds. Mm-hmm. Also, big prediction this is finally, finally going to be the year for Gran Turismo 5. Big prediction, I know, but I'm it's got it's got to happen. I mean, they Forza already got the jump on them, so they've got to they've got to shoot back somehow. They got to bring that out and as soon as possible. I thought it was supposed to come out in March, and then it got pushed back, probably so that they wouldn't uh, cannibalize sales with God of War coming out at the same time. But they'll give it the 3D, you know, touch. So that's I think that might yeah. be what they're working on. Yeah, I'm trying to think of Sony franchises. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't think there's anybody who really is uh, hankering for a new Crash Bandicoot or Spyro, and those aren't even Sony anymore. Killzone Three is going to be another big 3D one. Yeah, we know Killzone's coming. We know Infamous Two is coming. Uh, we know Resistance Three is happening. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think what could Sony like pull up. Oh, totally out of left field. A new Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> With the move as the microphone. The move is the mic. and Not only the move is the mic, but taking the DDR hottest party approach where you're moving your arms to dance with the uh, game. <laughs> that could be interesting. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about third party before we leave with our prediction of who quote unquote wins the show. Um, you know, it's going to be big for Valve with Portal 2 and, you know, Half-Life 2 Episode 3 if that is, if the rumor is indeed true. They gotta. They gotta. It's yeah. been way too long. And if they don't, then... Plus, I don't think you one up and you know, I don't think you one up Portal 2 with anything else but Episode 3. Maybe Team Fortress 3. Maybe. But they're still supporting Team Fortress 2 and they haven't stopped. And people are still playing that game. So it might be a little too early for that. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see Peace Walker 
Peace yeah. Walker is like the only game I'm I'll ever be interested in on the PSP, and it won't even be warranting a purchase. But Peace Walker yeah. is interesting. And, uh, and we know that we're probably going to get more on uh, Rising this E3 as well. Yes, yes, no, you saw Rising. Um, let's see. I'm trying to look through this list of games that they've already confirmed will be there. Um, I mean, it, they, they'll always come up with some new stuff to blow us away, and we'll, you know, for our next episode, I'm sure we'll be talking about the new games that they're announcing. Like, do you remember uh, Sony talking about a game called Agent? Oh, the agent? Yeah, that it's yeah. still coming. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, little yeah. announcements like that that we don't see coming, and maybe next year we won't even yeah, see. Th- they, might, they might be talking about that some more, as well as uh, DC Universe Online. Just, they seem very much more receptive to the whole MMO thing than Microsoft does. And I think that we'll be seeing, like, some very concrete stuff on those. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sega's uh, going to try to push Conduit 2 in addition to all their Sonic stuff. Right. Uh, and uh, I think Ca- I think Capcom's probably got something waiting in the wings. Like, we know they got Marvel vs. Capcom 3 coming. We know they got Ghost Trick. And, you know, I kind of joke about it before, but I really think that Darkstalkers 4 could actually happen. Like, uh, Ono, the producer of uh, Street Fighter 4, has repeatedly said that he would really like to do that game, and he'd really... He's, the problem is that he has to sort of justify it to uh, Capcom, get them to realize that there are people who want it. And ever since he said that, there's been a huge fan outpouring for Darkstalkers. And I know that Udon, is, uh, who does the Street Fighter comic series, is actually going to be restarting their uh, Darkstalkers comic series, or at least that's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is a decent chance we might get that uh, announcement. Tony and- TH is uh, noting Mega Man Online for Capcom. Yeah, that's probably going to happen too, and I will be right back. There's someone obnoxious at the door. Oh, okay. I can keep talking. Uh, let's see. Super Scribble Knots. I mean, I hope they talk about Scribble Knots at this year's E3. It was something that was, you know, kind of like an under the radar thing last year, so Super Scribble Knots might be worth a talk. Uh, there are rumors about Grand Theft Auto V, uh, noted by DVD's chat, which is that's actually indeed true. Um, Sorry. Sorry about that. Somebody didn't realize that you don't have to ring a doorbell 20 times in succession. Uh-huh. Go figure. Yes. I uh, mentioned Super Scribble Knots and rumors of GTA V. Right. Um, and I'd hope to see something from EA, just, you know, how is Mass Effect 3 coming along? I think it's going to be a while before we hear anything on Mass Effect 3. I mean, they're going to be using the same engine, probably. I mean, they're already starting development. I mean, a teaser would be good, as long as it's better than Sonic Colors. Well, yes, but I was going to say, I was going to say it was a while before we got any uh, like footage or anything of uh, Mass Effect 2, even though it was running on, very, I believe, the same engine. But I think that it's going to be a while. We might see something else. Like I know BioWare is like, very much invested in uh, the old Republic right now. So it could be a while before we see anything on that game. I mean, I've heard that it's coming probably, you know, early 2011. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, Let's give our final impressions on, out of, you know, Microsoft, Nintendo, or Sony, who wins the show? (sighs) That that is a tough one. Like, all the, like, Nintendo almost all of their big games for the year are out now so we basically have no idea what they've got waiting in the wings other than like Sin and Punishment and Metroid 
So they have the potential to just bring something completely unexpected out of nowhere. So I think they've got a decent chance, so long as they don't blow it on uh, nothing but the casual crap that the average E3 goer does not care about. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's really hard. It is really, really hard to say. Like, we don't know, like, what specifically, like, we know that Microsoft has Natal, they're going to be pushing it, but beyond like a couple games, we don't know what they've got planned for the controller or anything like that. And like we were talking about earlier, I think if they use that well, then they have the potential to blow everybody away, and they could very well end up taking E3 with Natal alone. Mm-hmm. I would say that you know Natal has a very good chance to, to seal it, but at the same time, I know that the other companies come to play, you know, at E3, like that it's everybody comes to play at E3. But Nintendo more so than anybody else. And they keep their secrets so much closer to the chest than everybody else. And we know that Microsoft has Natal and that Sony has Move. And unless they do something incredible to amaze us even more than we were, you know, impressed last year, it's all hinging on the 3DS. Yeah, if they can pull off 3D without glasses and have it appeal to a mass media, that will get the mass media talking. That'll be on CNN. That'll have other people talking. If you can get, do 3D effects without you know glasses and have it you know appeal. Yeah, so I, whole, I wholeheartedly has a agree. Chance to win, but it's yeah. very subjective and it's tough to say. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree and. I agree with you that uh, Nintendo is infamous for its ability not only to create uh, systems that can withstand the most horrible, horrible things happening to them, <laughs> but also for their secret keeping. Like, you remember the game Excitebots, right? Yes. You know how long it was before we actually knew that game existed? Probably one or two months before the game was actually released. Mm-hmm. If that if that is not evidence of their ability to keep something quiet, then I don't know what is. And you know that if something like that went off the radar for so long, then you absolutely know they've got something huge under lock and key, and they are not letting it out until E3. And when it comes out, we're all going to be floored. And I honestly think they've learned from these last two conferences, because they have been downers, comparatively. Yeah. I mean, Galaxy 2 and Other M absolutely saved them last year because it was going to be that kind of same route. But I think they've learned from the past two. And when they're, you're bringing Zelda, you're bringing a new handheld, you're going to have you know cult favorites like Pikmin, and you have other surprises in the works. And maybe you have something for the casual players too with the vitality sensor. It could you know just do the job. Actually, you know what I think is going to be a pr- decent, at least a pretty big uh, highlight point of their conference is uh, Dragon Quest Nine, because Nintendo obviously thinks that game is going to sell because they're publishing it mm. in the states. That's true. So obviously they're going to be putting a lot of marketing behind that. So I think that's going to have a pretty strong presence as well. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So I think that's about time we wrap up this very long. E3 episode of Show Me Your News. I'm a little worried for the next week because that's when the leaks start happening. We remember the PSP Go last year and all that, and 
that was like the worst kept secret of the entire conference. I want to get there. I want to experience it all, and we're hopefully going to be getting Nintendo stuff. So if you subscribe to the Show Me Your News Twitter feed, uh, I will hopefully be tying that to my phone and updating it with each little thing I do, Uh, whether it's arriving in L.A. or what game I just finished playing. So if you're a podcast fan, definitely go check out Show Me Your News on Twitter. And also find us on Facebook and YouTube while you're at it. Um, already said thanks to Game Buddy, but Cyberlink420, it was great to have you back on the show. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Always a pleasure to be on. I love being on these things. You get to talk so, video games and other amazing nerdy things. Absolutely. Also, Namco Bandai. I am serious. I know where you live. Vesperia. PS3. Now. <laughs> All right. Now, Death Threat's out of the way. Yes, absolutely. Um... We're now going to have a little segment after this part of the show, so we'll uh, basically you know catch you up on that. It's going to be your way to contribute video game sort of feedback, sort of things like brawl viewpoints. You're going to send uh, you know audio files to smynshow at gmail.com, but it'll be right after this. You'll get a first take of what we're looking for. With that, I'm Yoko. I am Cyberlink420. And right now, let's pass it off to... It's your turn. This inaugural edition of It's Your Turn is brought to you by Toxukiel, and she'll be telling us what we can expect from Portal 2. To learn more about It's Your Turn and other podcast projects, check out the Show Me Your News forums at showmeyournews.com slash forum. We are the friendliest gaming community on the net. And now, take it away, Toxu, to end the podcast. Get this. You just defeated a computer that was trying to kill you. And there's a vortex that stuck the whole lab out into the open world. Where did it even come from? How did it happen? Nobody knows, except that GLaDOS was sucked out with you, Chell. Sometime later you wake up and see parts of GLaDOS all around you on fire. And then you hear a voice. Thank you for assuming the party escort's admission position. Then you have another blackout. Sometime later, you are being shaken awake by a robot. This time, you know it's just not a hangover. You're still an aperture. But there's vines everywhere and bugs. Portal 2 is a sequel to Valve's minor game, Portal. This time around, they got a full team to work on everything in the game. Goodbye, college students. And GLaDOS is alive, again, and she has murderous revenge stuck on her mind. She says, oh, it's you. It's been a long time. How have you been? I've been really busy being dead. You know, after you murdered me? Okay, look, we both said a lot of things that you are going to regret. But I think we should all put our differences behind us. For science, you monster. Valve didn't go to the extremes to change the player, but she has a whole new look. The new child has a white suit with shoes this time. Her face appears to be Americanized, far from her Latino-Japanese figure. Her leg springs are still a huge part of the game, as they let you fall from any altitude to a safe landing. Valve also introduces new mechanics in the game. They're testing your limits. We know it's difficult to grasp the innovative portfolio of new features without some hard-hitting visuals. There are several new concepts to grasp in Portal 2. One are the aerial faith plates, which are part of a larger trust experiment designed to help the Enrichment Center discover whether the capacity for trust is affected by being catapulted into space. Another one are the thermal discouragement beams. They take many cubes and spread them throughout the room, and you have to set them up so that the beam hits the droid and goes into the receiver 
which lets the door open to go to the next chamber. Another one is the excursion funnels, which are part of an investigation into how well test subjects can solve problems while traveling through a churning funnel of liquid abestos. Results so far have been highly informative. They can't. Val would also like to introduce the co-op play in Portal 2. Since Chell has a deficiency of human companions, she isn't the star of the co-op campaign. Instead, Valve created two new characters, bipedal robots, modified from a personality core and a turret, to star in the complementary mode. We know very little about these characters, though Valve is considering making one masculine and the other feminine. They, are also like, they also like to hold hands, but don't go writing fanfics yet. The gesture is a sign of innocence more than an indication of romance. So what do you think will happen with Portal 2? They canceled the unveiling for E3, and they don't know what they're going to do yet. Could it be that Half-Life 2 Episode 3 is coming out, or is it just Half-Life 3? Portal 2 will more than likely be released for this Christmas season. We can't wait to see what happens with Chell and her new adventures. So hang on tight, and start thinking with Portals now, before you have to face GLaDOS again with the neurotoxins. <laughs> Who is this? How did you get this number? Uh, hi, hi. Smithies. Where's my sponge bag? <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Thunder and lightning and all that. Indeed. Okay, so now we have to test balance for stickham people. This is the fun part. And I will not be one of them because I don't want to get that weird echo effect. You sh as you should not. Um. So who is who is louder at this point? Is it me? Or is it Cyberlink? Which yeah. <laughs> Yelling. <laughs> Loud noises. <laughs> I love lamp. About the same. That's good, I guess. All right. That's the key. A little louder. OK, we'll, we'll turn him down a skosh. Now, add. That sounds like a tauntaun moaning. Is, that's, I was going to say, I can't do the Wookiee. Uh, oh, Wookie. yeah. And I've little, always tried. I've never been able to pull it off. Probably a little demanding on the vocal cords. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I, say, I try to do it. I just end up doing Waspinator. I, I, the thing is, I don't even know what that is. Oh, man. If you ever get the chance, go back and watch Beast Wars. That is one of my favorite shows of all time. See, I heard of it. I just... It is the high point of all Transformers. 
No questions asked. Okay. And and I wasn't a Transformers guy myself either. So there's Ooh. the catch, I guess. Hello? More voices. Make it stop. Make it stop. Awesome. <laughs> Can you do Chewy? Oh, me? Yeah. Um, this. There it is. Wow. Is it, that mean, does that need, like, a flutter tongue in it, or...? Yeah, um, like, my dad can do it without the, the flutter tongue. I do oh, the wow. flutter tongue. But my dad's amazing, so. <laughs> it almost sounds like it would just need, like, some sort of vibration in your vocal cords. <laughs> Something like that. Some kind of magic. <laughs> Woo!